two, three, four. In this podcast, you will only hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader, includes but is not led to who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the junk that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Crystal Fox reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired. And their time is up, so here's the Knights of Vader. Impressive. Most impressive. It is November 1st, 2020. My name is Zach Weber, and I am joined by Zanger. Chewy, we're home. And Russ Ryan. Hello there. Glad to be back. And at this point, I've lost track. Let's just say it. Second best Star Wars vintage Canadian collector. Fourth. 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 Oh, God, he's ranking. He's ranking up, folks. Chris Porteous. Glad to be here to discuss the cinematic marvel that is The Mandalorian Season 2. I I know from his excitement, you don't think this is going to be amazing, but trust me, it is. Dead silence. I can't tell if you're being ironic or not. And also, I would like to say, I think, um, well, welcome back, Zach, but I also think you're sus. Um, I say that both (laughs) as a reference to Among Us and as the fact that I think he's a clone, just like the Emperor was in that movie. Nobody talks about me more. Mm. Or like Starkiller. Yeah, we have to update yeah, Zach a, to like... That's a we, up in the air thing still. We got to get Zach up to speed with current internet memes and, and lingo. So he's highly sus. He is you know, highly sus. You know what the worst part is? Like at my work, they have like... I'm not... You guys might have seen this. You might not have. They have like Baby Yoda... Like USB, like like night lights, and every time oh, I wow. see it, like every single time, like I walk by it, someone's like Zach, Baby Yoda, and I'm like, get out of here! Like my disdain for Baby Yoda even transcends like my internet life. It's a real life problem now, or people just have to like rub it in my face. Like, look, it says it has squishy ears, and I'm like, you're the reason why we can't have nice things to Star Wars fans. I hope you're happy. Um, but you, you 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 guys don't have like the Baby Yoda hand sanitizers and stuff too. We do. Or, or, we, ha- oh, we, ha- yeah. we have we have that. We have oh, baby Yoda hand sanitizers. We have baby Yoda chia pets. Um, we have we have Chewbacca. He doesn't have any pets. hair. That's a <laughs> what kind of chia pet is that? I it does it does a low matter. effort one. You don't have to do anything. It's just a little statue. Exactly. He has got a little bit of hair, guys. Come on, like were you guys even watching the same show? Exactly. We're horrible Star Wars fans, but yes, we are here to discuss the Mandalorian, Mandalorian season two, episode one, the Marshall. Um. I would imagine there's going to be a lot of tangents in this episode, so just buckle in, folks. So there's going to be a lot of Star Wars whiplash. We already yeah. about talking for the last 20 minutes, and at one point, I think everybody said we should better be recording because we're going to be all over the place. Um, so I have to ask, considering that I've been out of the loop, um, my Rob has been feeding me information through the Facebook group and through just osmosis with you guys. So I have to ask, who has filled the power vacuum of the Star Wars podcasting cartel. Who's in charge now? Who's going to police us? Because I, I wonder, like, one day I feel like I'm just going to try to, like, log in, upload an episode of this podcast, and can be like, oh, you're denied. You've been banned. And I'll be like, by who? And there'll be some, like, new, like, Star Wars, like, syndicate, like, fan syndicate. So I would imagine you – I know at one point Rob was telling me something about – Russ was telling him, like, Ray Park sex video 
or something like it's, <laughs> oh so much has happened oh man <laughs> so um, so what I know Jason Moore got canceled at one point. Um, did he stay canceled or did he return like the emperor? Oh, wait, I, I remember that. That was a while ago. So, yeah, Jason Moore, <laughs> when he, wasn't he like DMing like 16-year-old girls or something, allegedly, allegedly, and, and, uh, and trying to get him to go to conventions and stuff? That's so interesting because my experience of that was that he just disappeared. So, like, I never I never even saw any of the controversy. But, but I, you know, I try to limit my... Um, podcast intake of exclusively positive LFL Disney shell podcast. So I'm not really up to speed on who's filling that power vacuum. I actually have an inside track on who's filling that power vacuum. A podcast called baby Yoda's escape pod is the newest up and coming powerhouse in the star Wars podcast community. It's pretty positive. We must take them down. Don't worry, Sarah. I can't comment sure on those. Look, look, look. All right. Yeah, uh, what Rob wants to do is Baby Yoda's Escape Pod. It's just a fun recap show. It's not like uh, a Knights of Vader at all. We got to take it down. <laughs> you guys are all booked to probably be on. All right, yeah. Come. T- you got to take it down from the inside, though. Uh, yeah. We're going to fly into it and shoot the reactor, then fly out. Yes. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and, what, and I'm aboard for this, and I'm like, sorry, Rob. This is my line or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh God! It's all right. So, and so in the lines of what the infamous words of Mark Hamill, everything has changed, and yet nothing has changed. Yeah, basically, real set practical effects. I, I, and also, there's this hilarious notion that there's not room for two Star Wars podcasts when there's room for like ten thousand. <laughs> not in this orbit, Chris. That's the thing. In this orbit, there's only room for one. Never mind. Everybody else has their own side podcast now. Um. Well, I don't know. RFR, Rebel Force Radio, they've got that puppet Lando. Maybe you need some kind of puppet gig on here to like. Ooh, okay. But but all the multiple personalities. Puppet Zuzio. That's like a puppet, but worse. Oh, just puppet Zanger? Sure. <gasps> oh, man. Puppet Zanger. Now, now we've got an angle. <laughs> perfect. Ah. And it's a perfect time to learn ventriloquism because you can just wear a mask and, and, and people won't know you're doing it. <laughs> you can throw <laughs> your voice the best in the way, way possible. Do a podcast. Do well, it through the podcast. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to report that I'm so uh, edgy and countercultural that I have not yet started my own Star Wars podcast. So I'm just okay. like over here being being really cool, not having my own podcast. Well, it's oh, exclusive. Yeah. You just scream out of your window about stuff and <laughs> yeah, on. that's it's much it's healthier to do it that way where no one can hear. I'm sure. He does it the analog way. He goes to his local like comic book shop and just complains about to like fellow patrons trying to buy comics. Oh, he, oh I thought you were gonna say he's like tape trading with people. <laughs> except for like, except for like, except for the comic book store is just closed and out of business because of COVID nineteen, and I'm just standing in front of it still saying stuff. Something like that it's seems right reasonable. Our local like, one moved to a bigger location during this time, so I don't wild. know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Oh man, the whole world's upside down. Um, all right, uh, I think that's. I would imagine we'll delve more into Star Wars current events, but I guess just I don't think there's any spoilers for this episode, is there? Like um, kind of kind of the thing that everybody knew was going to happen, yeah. like happens. Like we have at least two more, like what? At least one more, not more, not Boba Fett's. We have Boba Fett with a question mark because like he's like fat and old now, which is. Exactly the thing I didn't want to see, Boba Fett. Oh man, um, I, I got I got opinions about this, but we'll save that. Okay, so um, I get okay. Spoiler alert for everything you kind of figure it was going to happen that does happen. So um, going around the room, um, 
<laughs> um, as everyone can tell, my opinion on this show has not tra- changed drastically. Um, what did everybody think of the Marshall? You mean I, the character, the show, or the all of the above? Okay, or Deadwood. It, you can you can talk about Deadwood. I wouldn't be against that. No, this 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 episode's basically Deadwood. Like uh, I, I, I say, say that both as there's a ton of people from Deadwood in this episode, and this is like super westerny western Star Wars westerns. Well, yeah, it's I can I'm starting to understand the trajectory of where they're going with this when it comes to the show. Um, but we'll get to that. In a I moment. mean, me so, wanting to wear spurs and a cowboy hat and be like, man, oh God, he's already gotten to me. I'm speaking about wearing a cowboy hat. Next thing I'm going to be like, our wolves are really cool guys. <laughs> and then you just get in the show like three seasons in with an unsatisfactory ending, then come back like six or seven years to end it properly. No, 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 no. That now I'll follow up with another show that I unsatisfied. You, you got to keep leaving everyone unsatisfied. So then they will be there for your next project. Hmm. Hey, think uh, of the restraint Filoni did to not actually have a cowboy hat on the said final actor we saw in this. Oh, I, I think it was digitally removed at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zanger. So what do you think of this? this uh, the season two premiere. Wow. Um, controversial statement on this show. Um, I'd loved it. I was, I was on board. Um, me and, I, I guess not my Rob because I haven't spoken to him in a little bit, just out of just necessity. But uh, my Eric, I guess, uh, me and him were talking after we got done recording Zingness the other day, and we both agreed that we liked that it was not a Baby Yoda focused episode to start the season because we were both nervous that Baby Yoda, that this show was just going to become Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian, that it was going to focus more on you know Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian was going to slowly get pushed off. Of every scene, but I mean, it. Yoda, baby Yoda was there, or I guess the child. the The child was there. The child had its little moments, but it wasn't focused. It was a great story. It also made me kind of bring up my Star Wars knowledge questions that I will ask on here, and it also gave me a few theories about stuff. So I guess we'll figure out where we are afterwards. But yes, I'm I'm very excited for this. I was I was very tempted to call him with a. Uh, Mando-itis at work when I got the email at six in the morning that there was the episode was up and I could watch it. And I'm sitting there in the parking lot at work, staring at work, staring at my phone, staring at work, staring at my phone. (laughs) I made the right decision and watched the bathroom on break. (laughs) (laughs) I think I made the wrong decision because I knew it would probably drop at two in the morning. And I was like, I think I could make it. I'll stay up and yeah, then work the next day. It's not so fun. So. Yeah, I, okay. I guess that's the long and short of my opinion. There we go. All right, Zanger enjoyed it from the men's stall at the Target Distribution Center. Um, yes, yes. That's <laughs> the best time. way to enjoy Star Wars. <laughs> um, Ross, what did you think of this episode? I liked it. I don't really know. I've never watched Deadwood. I think I tried to watch the first one. I just never, you know, put the time in there. I know everyone says it's a really great show, and I know um, Til- Timothy Oliphant, Oliphant's, Timothy Sycophant. I, was, I figured he has to get a nice Vader name. I don't know what it's going to be, though. I remember the only thing I know Timothy Oliphant from, like, I know Tim he's done elephant. a bunch of stuff. Tim the Elephant. Tim, Tim the Elephant. There. There's a Star Wars. Bantha Tim. Okay, there, there he is. We, got it. <laughs> we figured it out. I, I thought it was more Tremors. It reminded me a lot of Tremors when they're showing that even that, um, that, like, metal windmill 
They have a thing for like windmills. Didn't didn't um didn't our buddy Queel have a windmill, a metal windmill too? It's probably they the exact same one. Dragon affect the windmill. <laughs> the thing traveling underground somehow made the wind go faster. Yeah, I know that's what's nothing. I I know. I mean, oh. I know a little bit about crate dragons, but I never knew that they were like like tremors. Like I thought they were just these land creatures. So yeah, we can well, get we can get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Porty sent me actually a really cool link that I should have sent to the rest of you guys. So I'll work on that in the meantime. We can talk about something else while I, I do. You don't have to <laughs> sit in silence. So, Ross, did, did did you enjoy or are you just fascinated by all these, like, side facts? Look at that. What is that guy's name? Who's this guy? What, why is there a Zuvio here? No, uh, I liked it. Uh, I, I enjoyed the episode. It, I was... Uh, it it did hit all those buttons that you hate too, but very specific ones for me. I know a lot of people go like, "Oh my god, it's like the Kotor game and Kotor," and these are just he's just ripping off Kotor. Well, not ripping it off. I mean, it's all Star Wars lore, but that reminded me more of playing Star Wars Galaxies and fighting a crate dragon because that's pretty much what this episode is. It's just a, a mission to oh, fight a monster. Party. Yeah, I, yeah, I like that. I, the more Tuscans are better. I, I like that they fleshed them out in this way. It, it, it was very, it was interesting. All right. They even got an epic item at the end. <laughs> All right. A straight Mr. up video game item. My son looked at me once and I go, Oh, that's a crate dragon pearl. Uh, Jedi's use them. I was like, I knew way too much about it. I was like, <laughs> All right, Chris, thoughts? All right. So, well, well, for the time being, we'll leave aside the point that this episode is like so chocked full of member berries that you can't even like contain it it's just like they're spewing out at the seams right but if i try to look at it and understand how is this going to contribute to the overall story arc is this like a filler episode like four five and six kind of were from season one or is there are they getting at anything more important here and i and i think that um <clears throat> timothy oliphant kind of i love him i yeah i mean i don't know he seemed like he shouldn't like He's a good actor, but like the role he, they had him playing as the marshal here, I feel like I don't believe that he's competent. So it's like that, there's something he's a little bit too casting central to be like a competent like desert tattooing marshal in my opinion. But I'd like that I, I I know I know that this is like they, they've been they've been working on this character for a while. He had sort of a side story in the aftermath trilogy where they didn't explicitly say that it was boba fett's armor that he had but they borderline spelled it out for you and then there has been a lot of speculation for a while like because i think the last novel in that trilogy was maybe like three years ago at this point so they it was sort of like why did you give us that story if it's not going to pay off somewhere else and it finally did i guess if you consider this paying off but we really just sort of see him in the same position that he was in that series basically so what you're he saying like, is guy in Mando armor. I mean, guy in both. Yeah, he just loses stuff. the Mando armor, basically. But he has nothing really changes for him per se. <laughs> but um, but I think the interesting thing here that we're is like, is like, so there's this whole thing about I need to find like th this is the the whole question of that motivates the Mandalorian's actions in this episode kind of bothers me because it's like I need to find more Mandalorians to help me find this child's uh people. But it's like you he's like he had 
plenty of access to Mandalorians in the first season. He he was talking to a way more competent Mandalorian than Boba Fett, who told him to go find the kid's family, right? So he should have probably just brought her along because, like, she did more damage than Boba Fett in, like, one scene, right? So it's like, why do you need Mandalorians to find Jedi? Where's the connection there? And also, we're explicitly connecting Boba Fett to being a Mandalorian in a way that nothing ever really has, even oh, if you look at Clone boy. Wars. You, you are nail, hitting nails on heads that I want to talk about. So um, why is Boba Fett such a Mandalorian? <laughs> yeah. Why is he next door to the guy who has his armor and not doing anything about it? Why is he still on Tatooine, like, years at, later, after f- getting out of the Sarlacc pit? Why does he look like the... Uh, he Why is he dressed like the Mythos Obi-Wan statue where he's got like a rifle and a cane and a gaffy stick? Like, why is he just hanging out in the desert like Obi-Wan doing nothing, but like sort of literally just within binocular shot of the guy who had his armor the whole time? It's there, like, so basically Boba Fett better be like such an important character in this story for some reason that is inexplicable, but they just shoehorn it in in a way that's interesting. Or this is a filler episode of epic proportions. Can I point out a few things? Did, did anyone done. notice this is the second time we've seen Boba Fett on screen in this series? Well, that's a good question, right? Because so, like, question. At, this is the second time. Is it though? Because at the end of episode five, is that are we to to think that the, the marshal or is that Boba Fett? No, it's spur sounds, and when he's walking, when he turns, there's spur sounds again. At the end of the season two episode. Yep. I didn't notice it. It is what? implying that they that that was him. Um, and, also, uh, Boba Fett being a Mandalorian is sus. So, well, you know, what's, you know, what, uh, you know, what's a little bit sus about what you're saying is that you could also hear the electronics from his helmet rangefinder at the end of the episode five. So I don't know, maybe that's an oversight on their part or it's supposed to be Cobb Vance. I don't know. I'm just saying, I think I, in, in my head can at this moment, I feel we've seen him twice. So, so there's that. Also, well, I think they, I think they wanted the dummies to think this was Boba Fett at that opening shot where you first see him. Right? Oh. Can we all get on board see, with that? I was like holding the out warriors? that it, Well, I think they did actually list him in the credits as playing Boba Fett. So Right, the, no, but I mean when 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 the when the when the uh filthy casuals were bringing it back, watch season two, episode one, they're supposed to think that's Boba Fett when it first shows him in the cantina there. Right? Oh, that scene, yes. Wow, yes. I, I I was like, there's no way. Yeah, yeah, but like we're talking about filthy casuals going on. We're talking about most of the viewers. Well, I don't like to insult our fans with these assumptions, but I mean, if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it. You know what? I don't need need to come back to this podcast. Chris is doing all my heavy lifting for me. I can just sit here and I'm like, you know what? He's hitting all the he's hitting all the points that I would be complaining about. Chris, you might be inheriting the mantle as the next Zach. Oh God, no. There's two of us. There's two of us now. We're multiplying. Um, but it, now that well, every country can have one. All right, he, that, that's he, he could be Canadian. <laughs> Zach. Canadian Zach. Oh, good lord, Christy! What an insult you are. A Canadian zinger and a Canadian Russ. Oh man, oh, Canadian God. zinger would be fun. It may, and, it, and it fits perfectly because I'm like thirty percent more tolerant of this show. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, a lot. A lot was brought up here that are all valid points. 
Um, to answer Chris's questions, I think everybody can kind of guess what my thoughts are. It's like, it's fine. Um, I, I deliberately woke up at 3 a.m. on Friday to watch it just because I'm starved for new Star Wars visual content. And it was fine. Like, I kind of felt, because at first, like, I, I, was, I heard some of the rumors about Cobb Vanth. And I'm like, okay, like that makes sense. Like as soon as like, cause it's such, I remember what I think it was what making star Wars or one of the channels leaked that. And I'm like, that makes sense. It's too random and specific of a name for it not to be true. So I always knew that was going to be something. Um, I fell into the trap of like when, when Cobb Vamp first shows up, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm like, it's the Boba Fett armor. What are they going to do with it? Um, and then we see Timothy Oliphant and it's like, Oh, Okay. And the thing I think is the most interesting about this episode is that I think it sets a very unique precedent for Star Wars that like we talked about that each of the Cobb Vanth like pieces of his story show up in the Aftermath trilogy in each of those three books. And I think it's interesting that we got a retelling of another story that's canon, but it also leaves out some details and it changes some minor ones. And I think that's very interesting that they're doing that. So there's certain things that have happened before they, that they feel comfortable in kind of paving over. Um, I don't know if they'd ever be that audacious to try that again with maybe something like a video game or a movie to make it cohesive to whatever they're currently working on. I think it's kind of inevitable when it comes to canon that we're going to eventually just go back to the way things were back like in the 90s and early 2000s where things will happen in the EU and then the movies or a TV show will delve into them and we'll just kind of just change things and just kind of overwrite them to fit our fit their ends. Um, could uh, real, real quick, could you like, do you have a, like offhand, like a good example of something they changed? Cause it wasn't apparent to me. I, but I haven't, it's been a while since uh, I looked at those books. Oh, uh, I, I think when it came to like him storming the town to like retake it from the Marauders, again, it's been a while again, like you were saying, cause I think it's gonna be four years since the last of those books, but there's just some, like, this is some small details, just the idea that like, I don't, I think it was, again, I could be wrong. Like I said, my, my copy of uh, Empire's End is in storage. I think at the end, like the whole townspeople like revolted against the Marauders. It wasn't just simply Cobb Banth walking into a bar and like shooting six of them. Like it's right. something like, it's a minor detail. It's not okay, like the yeah, idea. Yeah. Uh, okay, they could argue. They could argue that that's just the scene. You're that you're just you didn't see what happened the hour before that or whatever. Well, they but could... this but this is the thing. I think it's interesting the timing of all this because like everybody knows that my favorite Star Wars book and by favorite I can't put enough quotation marks around that word so I won't even try. It's the from a certain point of view book. Um, and as we all know that in a couple of days they'll be releasing the Empire Strikes Back one and they released an excerpt from that today from the Boba Fett chapter. Lord help and, us. And what they did was they like, again, it's the thing I'm always, it's the reason why I hate that first book and why I hate the second book now is they explained away the no disintegrations thing. They explained it away. Like apparently no disintegrations was an accident. Boba Fett never meant to do that. And they let, they literally spell it out. They're like, well, I mean, it's, my it's the, it's not the first time they've explained that they're just having a, it's like their second go at explaining no disintegrations. But I think it, but it might've had two though. explanations before. <laughs> But that thing, but like, why do they feel the need like to just keep over explaining stuff? And it's like, let stuff stay in the shadows. Like that's again, like when you're watching Empire Strikes Back for the first time, whether as a kid or adult, that is a great moment. It's a great character moment. It doesn't matter. It's to show that Boba Fett is an outlaw and he'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. It you do not need anything beyond just Vader 
pointing at this guy being like, no disintegrations, as you wish. And that's it. But they have they have this weird compulsion to try to just shed light on everything. That's and, because they're 24-year-old children writing these books and they don't actually care. They look for script hooks they can tie back to because they think old men clap and giggle when they read it. But um, And I mean, some of them do, I guess. But like, they're really not... They're I don't they want to present the image that all their authors are super steeped in the lore, but like how could how could it be? You know what I mean? It's well, just the not thing. the way. Yeah. But but the thing though is that, like I don't blame the authors. I it goes back to who's in charge of all this, and like I have to ask you. Know, I've been out of the loop now for months. How many? What's the state of of Kathleen Kennedy? Is she is she the worst human being still of all time? Like what? Like again, I don't know. I'm out of the loop. Like I've not been following any of this stuff. So like, I think that trail has her- kind of gone cold. I, no one's really. You don't hear much. Just, no, you don't, and it doesn't look like she's going anywhere anytime soon. And yeah, I think just how everything's put into Mandalorian, which is getting such a positive, you know, response from everyone. That yeah, the the sequel trilogy. I think they're just they're just that's it. It's over, and they don't. It's not even being talked about, and no one's worrying about it. Cause that's, cause that's some bitch. Cause again, like I'm following some of the High Republic stuff, and I know like they've announced that the big bad guys of the High Republic are the like it's like the Borg, but it's plants. That's that's apparently what I'm getting at. Um, but but getting back to the Mandalorian, just Boba Fett, and like kind of like where they're going with all this, I think it's inevitable what this season's going to be is it's going to be laying the groundwork for more TV shows. Again, you guys remember the rumor, what was it, back in January, February of this year, where it was like, oh, there's going to be two or three spinoff shows from The Mandalorian. Like, we already know there's going to be an Ahsoka Tano series. Like, that's fait accompli. Um, There's going to be, what, the Thrawn Ezra series that I would imagine is going to be hinted at during all this at some point. Um, it's going to be very similar to like Ahsoka's appearance in Rebels season two, where she's like, the last time I saw my master, he was running off to save the chancellor. And then what, three, four years later, we get that. And I think that's what they're going for. I think everything with Star Wars now is just perpetual seeding. Nothing's allowed to kind of flourish in its own like space. Everything is in a way, maybe even worse than what Marvel's doing. Is that like nothing's going to be able to breathe Because like at the very end of this Like you guys were joking It's like oh Boba Fett's been on Tatooine for six years He looks like not Obi-Wan Kenobi And it's like oh So he was that close to his armor And damn it he just missed it He just missed it He was right there And it's like It's almost like a Tom and Jerry cartoon Unless he doesn't Unless he doesn't want it Which we It might turn into that It might be one of those things Where he's just like A washed up like dirtbag And Mandalorian Tries to convince him To like Stop being a lowlife And help him That might be That'd be kind of interesting I don't know But well, that, it is almost well, it's implied that he was he was hanging out with that uh, that former imperial sniper. Right. And maybe he's got his own thing going on and, and it doesn't really necessarily have to do with his armor anymore. I, I but, got a few things real quick, though, if, if I may, if I may. You may. OK, so one, I want to point out that the whole like. If I may use the from a certain point of view, maybe the story that the marshal is telling is his interpretation of him taking back the town where he did all the work and he was the huge hero. And the book is actually what happened where the, he was there, but the town rose up too. like, you you guys get, get what I'm saying is we're hearing it from his point of view, but then the actual story is a little different. So he's fudging the facts to seem cooler because he's next to the legendary Mandalorian. And, um, 
that's fine. But my issue again, like that's I fine. find that more interesting person. Well, that's well, sure. I, again, that's but that's like we've what we've been doing a lot now, as Star Wars fans, in the last couple of years. We're filling in the gaps for them, it's and really that's and, and we're kind they're of contorting. Con, well, that's we're again we're contorting ourselves to fit their kind of just. I don't want to say recklessness, but just kind of doing whatever they want. But it's the idea that like, okay, I'm trying to think what's okay, Chris, you guys might know what's the most popular star Wars piece of media. That's Canon. That's not a movie. Mandalorian. I, okay. Yeah. I think clone wars probably just. Okay. Perfect. We'll take, thank you, Russ. Perfect. Clone. 2003 one. It might even be rebels. I wish we had data, you know, but it might be rebels at this point. Who knows? you know what? I'm going to say Clone Wars just for the sake that everybody had a weird sort of just like fascination with that for the last like few months. Um, okay, let's take that last thing with like Darth Maul, for example. Let's say that they have a flashback of that in when we get introduced to Ahsoka in this season, and it's different. What, that's the only thing, though. It sets a weird precedent. They're going to rewrite certain story points and just kind of do it because they can. Okay, we're gonna, so we're we're gonna get real. We want to get real crazy because we can get real crazy about this. So like, <laughs> so like, it it's it's a you're looking at it in a visual sense, right? So like, it's gonna be different because it's a that one's an animated show and this one's a real show. But let's get even crazier. So like, when you're watching Star Wars. Like, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Cartoons are very important. But but here's the thing, right? Like, so, like, really, when you're watching Star Wars and hearing it in English, it's really the it's really the the written story beats that are that are that are the the story. Right. Like, like, it's almost like it's being translated into English and shown with people who look like humans for the benefit of the audience. It's it's like it's it's being imagined it's almost like it's not literal. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's like George Lucas, like journal of the wills. Like it's not really what you're seeing because you're getting it in cartoon forms and live action forms and books. It's like the, if it's like, if you had the whole thing written out in order, like that's what happened. But like, we're getting interpretations of it. Again, that's fine, but the idea that we're taking something again, like I said, that's that's an explanation. I'm not looking for an explanation. I'm just pointing out what they've done and been like, it just sets a very dangerous precedent. Well, I, I maybe, but what you described was like they had a little bit more of a battle when he took over the town back, which the town's like four buildings. So like if if that it like that is fun. remarkably faithful to a book from four years ago compared to like stuff they used to do like overriding expanded universe stuff right like they literally have a guy who's the same name he had the same story pretty much the names of the places are the same the town's pretty much the same he's he's got the armor like but this but this is but this is my issue though is that it goes back to over explaining everything like the fun thing about Cobb vanth back during 2015 to 2017 was who is this guy in Mandalorian armor? Or I forget even exactly how they explain it. Like it's again, I think even you said it, I forget it was Chris or Russ. You guys said it where it's like, okay, they kind of almost spelled it out, but they didn't. So they didn't say it was Fett's armor. They said it was Mandalorian armor. They didn't say it was. Yeah. Yes. But it's hinted at very much. that It was salvaged armor from like a Sarlacc pit. And it's like, okay, who else could that be? Um, It's like, there's always become Mandalorian armor being found Sarlacc pits on Tatooine. But I think it's the thing is like, sure, like, yeah, the fact that they brought Cobb Vanth into live action, great. 
Like he didn't like, really oh. serve much of a purpose per se. Like he, in the arc of the whole story of this show, it's like maybe he, this is one of those things where it's just like season one, where he's going to be one of the A team they pick up again at the yes. at the last few oh, chapters. Yeah. I don't oh, yeah. know. It's gonna be like Rebels, like where like they go back and they pick up just random people that help them throughout the season or series. Now he'll show up again. You don't cast Timothy Oliphant just to use him as a one-off. Um, but but no, like I said, no, I have nothing against it. It's just the idea that like wouldn't it have been interesting. You have this other character doing his own thing, and it's like okay, we're gonna tie it again. It's another not Boba Fett. Except this time, not Boba Fett is wearing Boba Fett's armor. And then we have the real Boba Fett who's fat and old, and I'm like, that's that's not what Boba Fett is. Boba Fett, again. It's like I would. It's like you were saying, Chris. You'd love to sit down, not just with the authors or the producers, just be like, "Why does Boba Fett sell the most amount of merchandise? Why does Boba Fett, forty years later, still capture people's imaginations?" And you'd love to ask them why. And and guess what? You would get a different answer almost every single time because he is a blank canvas. You can project onto him. And I think, and that was one of the reasons why one of the few silver linings I had to this show during the first season was that, like, oh, they realized they could, they, they want to make a Boba Fett movie, realized there's no way to do that without ticking off the fan base and just everybody who's ever owned a Boba Fett anything in their life. So, what we're going to do is just take the armor, change the color of it, make it a new character. And essentially, he's, he's not Boba Fett. It's the adventures of not Boba Fett. But by bringing Boba Fett into this, you are defining him. And I'm not that's sure that's the, the real reason, though. I think they, I think uh, there's more to it. Well, I th well, maybe I'm on thinking on the same lines as you, but I think the reason that this isn't a Boba Fett show on another level is that they they thought it would be controversial to recast him. They didn't want the show to be starring like 60 year old Tamira Morrison, and and they like you know what I mean. It, it, that would have changed the tone of it in in a way that they didn't want, and they would have to like. I, I feel like they just thought it was too risky and maybe too, ex I don't know if he's a, like, they just didn't want him to be the main character of this show. I think but that's, that's but more yes, what it was. You are a hundred percent right. And the evidence for that was the fact that that Friday night, the Friday that solo released into theaters, the rumor was James Mangold by variety. They reported that James Mangold was directing the movie. And by that Monday, the project was dead because they realized, oh crap, this is not going to work, recasting a char a, a fan-favorite character. It's not going to work. Well, so they, or but, but then again, he, he could have the helmet on most of the movie, and the guy could do the voice. I don't know what they... Who knows what it could have been, right? But, but, that, but, but, but I don't think it though. matters that we get a different old Boba Fett probably... And he, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he dies in this season, honestly. Like, it's like, it's not even the same character anymore. It's like, it's an interesting, it's, it might be an interesting, it has the potential to be an interesting chronological end to this guy's life, who, who doesn't matter at the end of the day, an Empire Strikes Back design Boba Fett action figure is still going to sell out every time. But it's just, he doesn't have to be that same person anymore. But that's, but again, the, again, I think you, you're, you're helping my point. You're not even aware of it. You're really kind of just stealing, you're, you're putting the issue to bed in that that's the things that like by giving Boba Fett, again, like, like a conclusion, he's not that character. It's kind of like what Darth Maul was for the Phantom Menace. Darth Maul only existed to sell toys and to look cool. Like, sure, there's an argument to be made that the duel in episode one has very few stakes because, like, 
who cares about any of these characters? We only care about Obi-Wan Kenobi. We know Qui-Gon's not going to make it through the trilogy. And Darth Maul is just an antagonist. That's what he is. Like, antagonist with a lowercase a. But that's kind of what Boba Fett was. Except I think we had this discussion. I think Zenger, I think this was the, what? Zenger, Ellie, John Justice thing. where We talked about why Boba Fett is so popular. And I think we, again, Zenger, you tell me if you, how much of this you remember. But the issue was with Boba Fett was that, like, oh, Boba Fett is such an overrated character. It's like, no, Boba Fett's not an overrated character. He's a cool character because we know very little about him. He's the ultimate personification or characterization of Space Cowboy. And on top of that, you take he was able to capture Han Solo. He couldn't do what the entire Empire couldn't. He couldn't do what Darth, I'm sorry, he could do what Darth Vader couldn't, what the Empire couldn't. He was able to do it single-handedly. He's also the coolest looking character in the entire film. That's why the character resonates. And then George Lucas gets mad at the fact that this character kind of blew up without it being his intent, and he killed him in the worst way possible. Um that's okay. in that you remember that, right? But, but yes, he killed I him do. in the worst way possible before but, making him every single stormtrooper. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's you mean call the trooper? Thing. I think this, well, what's the difference? this episode shows. <laughs> I think this episode shows that Boba Fett wasn't a big player in the in the galaxy. He what? No one. The name Boba Fett is never said once in this episode. Never. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm and also, sure. and also, Din Jaren here does not recognize that exactly. armor. Exactly, he doesn't yeah. recognize that armor. He just is kind of like he like don't don't you think he would be like oh the most popular Mandalorian that's not me. I <laughs> think one hundred percent now that Boba Fett and Jango Fett were fake Mandalorians. They're sus, and here's why. One, it's kind of mentioned I think in an episode of Clone Wars that they weren't really Mandalorians, and two. You think somebody this deep in the Mandalore culture would instantly know what that is? He probably saw that armor and went, oh, that's that piece of crap going around claiming to be a Mandalorian. I need to recover that armor so that someone else isn't doing this. So that's why I think Boba Fett's in hiding. I think they're per, per going on with this whole mythos of mm. Boba Fett got real lucky. And... He was not as big as his mythos thinks he is. It's, it's, it's the whole, he's just the robot chicken version of himself. But that's actually canon. Yeah, but, but you so still Are, are you saying that based, we're the only ones that care about him? Just the, the, the uh, viewers the and, and the enjoyers only, of Star Wars, but in universe, he's not really. He's that. just some other guy that's floating around. And now it's even, he's not even a Mandalorian that's floating. He's not even important to the people he claims to be a part of. Well, I think that's an oversight on the writing part, because if you look at uh, chapter six from season one, they sort of imply that Din has been uh, at this game for a number of years. So he would have been working at the same time as Boba Fett. So, like, it's really kind of surprising that unless there's just a, I mean, I guess their armor does look real similar. If you look at those Death Watch guys from from uh, the flashbacks, like they're basically just Boba Fett's, right? So, like, maybe it's just the design's not unique enough for him to recognize it on that basis alone. But he should know him if because this guy was on Darth Vader's short list for like five guys he's going to call if he needs something done. Okay. The empires run like a government. What are you going to do? You're going to go to the lowest bidder. You're going. You're going to put out an RFP. Yeah, you're you're gonna go. You're you're not gonna go to some high priced individual. You're gonna be like, hey, I got a budget to keep on this star destroyer. 
We need to outsource this. Let's see who do it for the lowest amount. And well, you know what? Guy. I think I, I, sir, sir, um, I would direct you to the, I would direct you to Darth Vader's line in the wonderful holiday special where he says to Boba Fett, I see why they call you the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. So All right, he went, okay. he, quoted, he quoted the holiday special. That's it. That's, that's ace in the hole right there. No, it isn't. That's like a joker. <laughs> that's like a joker while you're playing blackjack. Zenger, I have to, okay, I, first, I to everybody on in this discussion, I think there's two different layers to this conversation. There's the layer of discussing this in-universe, and then there's the meta conversation of, like, and I think every once in a while, we kind of blend the two together, then we kind of pre-separate them. Um, uh, I think it's, I think Zenger's making a very interesting point in that, like, in-universe, they're trying to kind of, like, communicate to us very, very subtly that Boba Fett is stupid, um, it, it feels like kind of like oh. what they've been. Like, it's what they've been kind of like. Again, I know Chris remembers this. Like when Pablo Hidalgo would go on the Twitter and say Dash Rendar was the stupidest character in Star Wars. I think he would call him not Han Solo. Um, I think that's what they're doing. I, in a weird way, this might be a continuation of the philosophy of let the past die, kill it if you have to. If that yeah. is the case, where where if Din Djarin is going to, oh. if, if if Lucasfilm is deliberately trying to write over Boba Fett with their own version of Boba Fett, um, if that's what their intent is to try to kill the kill one of the most pop, not okay, kill both literally and like figuratively, metal, metaphorically, one of their most popular characters. Be, uh, like from the same line of thought from the last Jedi, then fine. I am on a hundred percent Boba Fett. But well, think about I, it. all right. Well, think about this though. So Boba Fett, as far as where this is happening uh, now, the Empire is gone, and he was actually friendly relations with them. Jabba's people are all gone. The Empire is gone. Whenever he crawls out of the Sarlacc, it's the New Republic time, and the people leading it uh, hate his guts more than anything. Because uh, of the Han situation and all that And he might be in hiding What if he's got his own great story and he's loved What if he's got a little baby Sarlacc And he's got to find <laughs> its people and he's, He could be just as important Russ, don't give them any ideas Stop it don't I want to see him a- holding It looks like Audrey too or whatever and Do you, do you want to hear something interesting From the Empire's End book About uh, the Cobb Banff town Apparently they're raising a baby hutlet to, um, to fill the power vacuum in Tatooine That would be friendly I'm not joking. That, you know, I really wanted a- to see. I want. I do. You guys think we'll see Jabba's palace this season? You think maybe? I I think we're done with tattooing for a little bit. No, we're not. Well, the next Boba episode Fett, no. is going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. What? Boba it Fett. Well, have to leave. No, yeah, Boba he never left. Do we yeah. have to physically see him leave everywhere for us to understand that he's left there. I think no, we just I see the when they in the rear view. Shot. I. Okay, but this this is the thing, though, is that, like, okay, th- now here are some broad questions for this show. Where, what do we think the ultimate goal of this season is? What is anger Zach enough that he'll like it because he's, like, masochistic about it at this point? I don't know. This, I, I, okay, I think, I, I forget, I think, again, I think someone here, I'm losing track of who's making all these points, is... I think the goal oh, is okay. to end end Boba Fett story. This might be kind of like the Unforgiven. Wait, oh God, what's the Clint Eastwood movie? Is it the Unforgiven? Yes. yes. Unf- Thank you. I think no. I think that might be the goal of this. Kind of give Boba Fett a send off. I because remember. 
Boba Fett starts off as a villain, and he's now an anti-hero with, with, with the public at large, not in continuity. This is where I'm trying to say we're kind of blending both a meta and in canon conversation at the same time. I think Boba Fett and Mandalorian are going to have some fight. And of course, Boba Fett's going to be wearing his armor and he'll have it all re I don't know. He might have it repainted. I don't know what it will be because it's pretty, it's pretty messed up. It has barely any green on the like chest plate when we see uh, Timothy Oliphant wearing it. Um, I do think Boba Fett will probably start off as a villain and then he'll slowly through this season, if they decide to kill him off or throughout many seasons, he'll become an anti-hero. And I think he'll randomly show up to help. And that's the thing. I think by the end of this season or by the end of the series, he will show up to help in some capacity because that's just where they're going. Because, again, the whole point of the season is to be the, the groundwork for the Ahsoka Tano series. That is what this is. This, again, and like Zenger was saying, the fact that Baby Yoda isn't even focused on much, he's kind of just like we have cutaways to him intermittently. But other than that, he doesn't really do anything like you like anything special like we don't see him eating a frog hole we don't see him like levitating anything he's really just kind of there as set dressing in this episode so i i don't think he's going to be the intent of this I, or he's going to be the focus i think he's going to have his moments to shine don't get me wrong they're not going to throw away the money train but it's i think ahsoka's going to be the purpose of all this and we're not going to see her show up until about two-thirds of the way through the series a season i'd say probably around episode five we'll see her i think yeah, that's that um is. that's the filoni directed episode right so that's where he's gonna be who's gonna this be episode good question <laughs> uh this was actually directed and written by favreau this one the Marshall. oh this oh okay this, this is an all favreau affair favreau lorian um yeah because again i i I, I, I guess another question is like, is it another kind of foregone conclusion that Katie Sackoff is Bo Katan is coming back? Is that a foregone? Uh, conclusion? There's rumors like, that we'll see more. I think okay. she. Th this is one of those things where like there was a few when 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 a lot of these casting decisions were being made, there was a lot of like like expli borderline explicit tweets from actors that confirmed stuff without them actually saying it because they couldn't. And she had one where she was like, something so amazing happened today and I can't wait to share it with you guys. And it was like right around the, t the time that it was confirmed, there was rumors that she was being cast. And around the same time, uh, Ashley Eckstein was like, she like responded to everyone's being upset that she wasn't cast as Ahsoka in a very cryptic tweet. But <laughs> so like, so I think that we can assume Katie Sackhoff's going to be in it because she had like a super cryptic tweet right around the time the rumors came out, basically just saying, I can't wait to tell you guys about this. Okay. So that's, so that's, so that's okay. I guess the other question is how much, like, are we going to go? Like, is it, is like, that's the thing too. Like he says, Oh, I want to seek out Mandalorians. Like, why doesn't he go to the planet of Mandalore? Maybe like they're that, not there. Maybe you know, once again, there's Mandalore, the planet, Mandalore, the people that live on the planet, and then there's Mandalore, the culture that is a completely separate thing. Well, also, we're sort of led to believe there's not much up. left. Maybe but not like, blown up. Okay, like but that's well, okay. one of those shots missed when they were firing at um, Starship. Oh, it just got a random pot shot going through the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, uh, but like, tell them the odds there. <laughs> But, 
but like, why isn't that like? <laughs> Some things never change, folks. Everything, everything changes, and nothing changes. Um, but that's a. But think about though. There's a planet called Mandalore that was literally like the focus of the final arc on Clone Wars. Well, and yet nobody brings up the fact that why wouldn't he just start there? Even if it's just a pile of dirt, just show up there and be like, hey, like, wouldn't that be the first place you go looking or unless? Oh, no, I don't think so, because like in the la- in chapter eight, you have them talking about how it was just wrecked by the Empire. And when and like the whole idea of the Mandalorians living underground, it's like we're it's almost like they paint a picture that there's nothing there. OK, like but this it is, got but, shot by the Death Star. OK, but this is the thing, though, we're like not again. I, I know I'm kind of being almost uh, contradictory here, but like. Why are the Mandalorians hiding underground? They are going to have to get around to explaining that and the whole never remove your helmet thing because that wasn't a Mandalorian tradition in the early part of this character's life because you see these people on Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff. I think that there's two different types of Mandalorians and they're going to make it real confusing that there's the people that live on Mandalore and then there's the people that uphold like the culture and the... um, and the beliefs of it, and that's we see the people who are the beliefs of it versus the ones that live just on yeah. the planet. The guys we the see, ultra that's like your Shiite. There's like your Shiite. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. But, but still, it's the idea that the it's six years after Return of the Jedi, like five years after the Battle of Jakku. Who is hunting down Mandalorians? Like, I get it. The New Republic doesn't care. No, yeah, no. The Empire wrecked the planet. It's explicitly stated. I, I, I don't. That's fine. I'm not asking. Okay, fine. The planet is wrecked. It's. I I don't know how much more wrecked than Alderaan it can be that he can't go to it. Even think about Night of a Thousand Tears, Zach. Yeah, it got blasted by the Death Star. It did not get blasted by the Death Star, but like the idea. I want indisputable evidence. The the point I. Where it was like, what did we missed? What did we hit? Mandalore. Excellent. They ripped me off one time when I was buying my cloaks there. Lost the planet, got, Master got, Zanger has. They destroyed Very the, embarrassing. They destroyed the planet so bad <laughs> that, that they were going to publicly execute uh, Gus Fring for what he did to it, but he somehow escaped. By walking away. Yeah. But but this is the thing, though, is that like I I I'm, I forget what comic it was, but like at one point in one of the comics, Luke and I think Leia go to Jeddah, and oh, Jeddah's like like, like, well, yeah, but like if they can go to Jeddah, why can't like in Mandalore's already wrecked to begin with? The way we see it in the Clone Wars, Jeddah so, like, City or the planet? The, no, planet, the planet is like gets... the planet's like wrecked. It's like yeah. the planet should like fun. a third. No, the planet like in the comics it shows the planet at one point and it's like cracked in half almost. That's Probably. a little extreme for what we saw in the movie, but all right. well, we never saw what it finally like did. But that's but like this is my thing though, where it's like who like the whole crux of the show is that, like okay, Mandalinian is looking for other Mandalinians and he's having a hard time tracking them down. It's like okay, why? What why is like, in hiding for some reason? But but exactly why are they in hiding? The Empire has pretty much been like it's just you have factions that are kind of just spread out, being controlled by like individual warlords. Like if this show took place maybe during like from like Jedi, new, what? Maybe the New Republic isn't big fans of Man- the Mandalorians either. 
but but that, that's that's not the issue though. Is that like why aren't we being not that we're being not that I want to be spoon fed this, but why didn't season one instead of hitting us over the head of like stupid stuff that didn't matter, like having an army of not Boba Fett's risk their lives so one of them could do this weird thing with a kid. Like, why not explain that? Why not have the armor be like, oh, because this is the way forward is the way you cannot go like this stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Like, clearly Mandalorian is like lost in this world, despite the fact that he's been in a God. He's has his feet in the Mandalorian world, whether it be the proper or the improper one since he was a child. Like. You would think there'd be thing, there'd be a little bit more things like, oh no, maybe he's like we see him looking up a hollow vid, and it's about the destruction of something or just something in the background. Like it feels weird that like us, the audience, knows all these other moving pieces. And I get the show is not made for the hardcore of the hardcore. Not saying that's what I'm, what I am, but it's like I would expect this a little bit more. It's like, okay, why are the Mandalorians being hunted? Why do they have to live underground? If the empire, even like what one of the first lines of dialogue in this series was that like, oh, imperial currency doesn't matter anymore because like the imperials don't have any sort of presence anymore. Like all we've seen of them is like what one battalion by a guy with a lightsaber that glows black, and that's it. Like they like they're really a power ranger. Yes, he stole it from a Power Ranger. Um, like, that's just my thing, though, is that, like, I, I get it. They don't want to flesh out the universe. But at the same time, though, I would rather see them flesh out the current time period that we're in other than just kind of, like, hit us over the head of, like, oh, look, I kind of, like, what's the word, teasing us with Boba Fett. But, but Zach, you are taking away their opportunity to have other enticing shows, such as the Ahsoka Tana show. Okay. The, um, what, what, what was the other show that was mentioned? Oh, yeah, and then, and then and then they're also going to have you know of course the Mandalore the show where it's house hunters where it's all Mandalore and then you see how bad that place is. I have to ask: Is there any other shows? Like I know, obviously, there's the Obi Wan Kenobi show. There's Calrissian Endor. There's the Fate Accompli of Ahsoka Tano. And obviously, there's going to be more seasons of this. Like, is there anything else that's in development? Or like, are we going to get the uh, Chicken Hutlet Parmesan TV like cooking show? Or God, I I, <laughs> I really hope that there's like a C-SPAN, but for the New Republic. Oh my God. There is that. There is that Clone Wars continuation. But, oh, uh, Bad Batch. Yes, Bad yeah. Batch. Thank you. Okay, exactly. so like Are you saying, oh my god, because you're so excited for the premise of C-SPAN Star Wars, or I, I, you live in fear of it, like I do. I'd be interested. I, if they were to do something that like just like odd, I'd be on board with it. I'd well, be like, it would, okay, it'd be like those episodes of Rick and Morty where they just go and watch all the different channels from the yes, different multiverses yes, or yeah. whatever. They yeah, they did that. con they did sort of used to do that in the Lucas era on the website. They would have like. Hollow net blog posts that were like in universe news articles. Yep, I remember those. <sighs> Maybe they'll just play, they'll have an entire match of those robots playing football or soccer or whatever. Like, literally, an entire <laughs> like three hour game. The actual in universe commercials and commentators, they'll bring back the guy from uh, whose line is it anyway, and they'll say it's got to hurt. Whatever, where you're from, whatever. Get the pod race announcers in there. Yeah. Oh, we got oh, a pod yeah, race member, know. Barry, in this in this episode. Okay, we'll get okay. We'll get to the things that made me okay. We'll, we'll get back instead of the meta versus canon topic. All right. The things that made me happy in this episode. Space Amy Sedaris. Yeah. End of the yeah. things that made me happy. The things what? that made me angry. 
R5D4, I genuinely curse at the scream when I saw him. <laughs> I at three at three twenty in the morning, I screamed F you at the TV. I did that because I'm like, oh God. And then like, even though I love the line said by Space Amy Sedaris, she's like, you can't find good help these days. I don't even know who to complain to. That's a great line. I love it. But the fact that like we're again, it's just an, it's it's that stupid goddamn pandering to 60-year-old fans. And I'm like, knock it off. I'm like, they don't matter. Like in a couple of years, their buying dollars aren't gonna matter anymore. And I hope to God that all these stupid original trilogy like nods just go away all at once. And then the worst part is is that now we're going from original trilogy nods to prequel trilogy nods because not Boba Fett Timothy Oliphant is writing part of Anakin's pod racer. It's not and Anakin. I went, oh, yes, it's it is. Not yes it is. Yes it is. Yes it is. It's close. It is. It is. It makes it makes the same noise. I don't oh, think no, it is, but it's real close. That's the same as oh, so so you're saying that car engines look. I'm I'm just saying, if if it really is, I will just lose it. Also, as a side note, Russ, you want to explain how they already found a Jedi, technically, when they saw R R five. Yeah, right. Why did they? You should have questioned him. Skippy could have sent him <laughs> to where they gotta go. He. <laughs> <laughs> You're not they wrong. Didn't even know it. You're not wrong. That's that's the weird. Part. I forgot about that. Oh god, R five D four fell on the sword to save R two. I was like Russ. Russ will get this. <laughs> and, I think they, we've seen there... it before. He was in. Wasn't he in the cantina in the last season? In yeah. The, in chapter six? Yeah. He was just kind of there, but, but now but, we're like, but, oh, we made this prop. The, we're using it. What's but what's good about the what's better about his. Uh, uh, chapter five appearance is that they didn't like literally like zoom right in on the like grease stain from his bad motivator <laughs> like they did in this. They're like, I saw that. That's it. That's it's definitely, definitely, yep, you, you definitely saw years. that burnt spot. Oh, wait, no, like 10 years. They're like, in case there's any doubt where he has the same name, he's dirty looking. In case there's any doubt, all you old guys, it's our five, all right. Which is which is more self pandering? Is it? That moment, or the fact that the camera, when when Timothy Oliphant takes the Boba Fett helmet off, it like zooms in on the dent on the helmet. Then hmm. that that I'll little probably. thing, light up thing on his chest piece, man. I don't remember that being so. I don't know, flashy Active. like that. Was that is that? It was it always like that? It just never well, stood out. You never really I saw. Mean, it, were you no. reading what it was saying, Russ? It was saying, "You're not the one that I'm supposed to be assigned to. Help! Help! I've been captured. Help!" It's well, like it's like that uh, the cash that. register. Oh, it's like the cash register in the Intro to the Simpsons. It always yeah. flashes something different. It's supposed to be life support readings, but it mostly just looks cool. But um, <laughs> but I think that what you're experiencing is that 1980s LEDs just weren't as good. That's all it is. Oh, also, um, another thing to point out: we saw more of the Boba Fett armor in this episode than you saw Boba Fett in the entire series before this. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't think true. I'm wrong. You probably oh, it's probably. Right. Probably also true about R five D four. Well, that might be right too. Are you, it, it might be equal in time. It didn't explode this time, so give it time right. to do that. So, uh, so you didn't like anything else except that, right? The I like I like Space Amy Sedaris. She was cool, but like, like what else happens? Is it like I'm just kind of sitting there? And it's like we're going through the motions. And I'm like, okay, like, I, like I said earlier in this recording, it was have I think I've even made this reference last year. 
there was a Western serial called Have Gun Will Travel with the character being Paladin. And what he was, he was a hired gun and he would go from like town to town each episode and like he'd be hired to do a job. Something would happen that wasn't exactly what was expected, but he always had a harder goal and he would help the people that were in the town, even though it might not be best for him. But he was always able to overcome the obstacle at the very end, even though it looked like his life was in mortal danger. And then by the end of the episode, he gets on his horse and rides away. Yeah, it's and pretty I, much the same as the the Hulk series from back in the day. <laughs> he just exactly. ends up in a new town and drifts around. Yeah, exactly. It's a like formula. There's a lot of a lot of Shane things like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a formula. I've got nothing against the formula that works, but it's the idea that like we live in a pop culture space. And it's also that like Star Wars isn't just like run of the mill television serial. We expect more from it than that. And I feel like this this show is that like and even like some of the special effects in this, like again, the crate dragon looked good, but like the pit droids looked worse than they did in the Phantom Menace. Like I could tell they were just like like they did not have enough time polishing those. Oh, we 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 can talk about this real quick. Proceed. Okay, so there's a part where um, Elephant Man's riding on not Anakin's um, Ephantmon, <laughs> Timothy Ephantmon. Um, he's, he's riding on the pod racer, and it cuts to like a shot of him. One, why are you not wearing the helmet? You're around a ton of dust, you, you fool. But also, he looks like someone cut and pasted his body, like a body and a head separately. Like it was the scarf, like. Nothing looked like there was something off about that scene, and it bothered my eyes. Well, that's 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 precisely what they did. That's why that's why it looks like that, probably. But um, yeah. But I mean, theoretically, even though it was 1999, they spent a lot more time and money on those pit droids than these ones. (laughs) Like, uh, you'd think the technological advancement would make up for that, but uh, also, so speaking speaking of controversial things that this episode can you guys think of a controversial thing that this episode did that's never happened in star wars before because there i have a big one and i i I was not into it eating banthas tons of murder in a cinematic in a cinematic sense Hmm. Um, no i'm not sure they didn't use subtitles at any point no when so when they when they go when they when the when the battle against the crate dragon started the aspect ratio changed to full 16 by 9 as if it was like shot on IMAX or something oh, like, oh dude i didn't pick up on that yeah just for that battle it expanded the aspect ratio and actually it wasn't within a cut it actually like rolled in and rolled out and i i don't know it's I, that's the first for star wars that that it hasn't been sort of 235 widescreen and i don't like i i think the only even very few movies even do that. I think in the dark night, there was a f- couple sequences where it like, it went to it f- like, it filled out the screen just cause they shot like three scenes in IMAX or something like that. This, that it's, it, you know what? It's the handkerchief around. His oh, head. it's just, he's just, yeah. He's, he, he doesn't look it, competent. It, he's like too handsome. I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, there, there, there is that, but if you can distract yourself from that, I that can't. handkerchief is totally digitally put on there, and it bothers me. Well, it's, it's to so hide obvious. it's to hide the seam, whereas his fake head connects to, <laughs> to the rest of it. I don't know, <laughs> something like that. I think anytime a, a non-helmeted character is on like a like a speeder bike, like even Return of the Jedi, and and we, when we see Anakin riding him in, in the prequels and stuff, it, it is always something a little bit off about those long shots. Like the robotic-looking uh, Leia in Return of the Jedi, because I guess we we're privy to all that background stuff and the making of. So when you actually watch it, you go, "Yeah, that does look a little weird." 
I didn't pick up on the aspect ratio change, so I didn't even pick up on that. I was I'm like, I was, I was instantly bothered by it, but I thought you'd be all over that. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. Well, I, I'm just, I'm just so distracted from. Uh, exactly, guess, like something annoying was going on elsewhere. It was taking my time. <laughs> At this point, Christopher Nolan has indoctrinated me to kind of just be to expect that from movies now. Like, I'm not sure. I went. Through, I've already seen Tenet three times in theaters because there's really nothing else to see. You probably and, changed like, it all the time and all of those. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen Tenet yet. But yeah, oh god, I, yeah. Oh yeah. I just, like, the I just find that constantly like a, changing. That's. I find that to be like so off-putting. Like it's just like we're establishing the view we have into this world. You're not supposed to change it on me just because action is happening now in this action film. <laughs> like what are you doing? I don't know. I don't. I don't like it at all. I did. I. I think they shouldn't do that. But, there's uh, actually there's one cinematic example of changing aspect ratios that I think actually works for dramatic effect. And it's in one of the. I've only seen it done one. Done, I've. I mean, in sense of I've only seen it once. And that was the Hunger Games, the second one, where Jennifer Lawrence is like going up the platform, and it's like the beginning of the Hunger Games. And like as she's like ascending like this tube onto the platform, like the screen expands. And that I think at least it makes narrative sense because like it's the introduction to like the arena. And I'm like, okay, like if you can make it work, because like how they do is like she's put into like this cylindrical tube. If I remember, I haven't seen that movie like in. God, almost seven years. Um, Hold on. So basically, so basically, so basically, it should have happened when uh, Anakin and Padme were getting wheeled into the arena on Geonosis, and it would have been awesome. It would have worked. Yeah, it would have been really nice. That would have been nice. Oh, this is a completely tangential topic, but I have to ask Chris this right now. Um, So I, I did the unspeakable, and I bought a Star Wars fascinating facts book. I'm not sure if you've seen this, Chris or Russ or Zenger. If you didn't put your thing on, I you. heard about it in your uh, in the previous uh, short episode. You, I, I was I'm very excited about this. Okay, I think I haven't talked about it in a while, but it goes back to like Attack of the Clones and like alternate versions. Is it like I think we all know that there's the IMAX cut of Attack of the Clones that cuts out a lot of like the Anakin Padme dialogue, and. I, I think I asked Chris about this like a few months ago that like we oh, all know there's like the Phantom Menace 3D cut that like has never gotten the home video release never. And I'm not talking about like obviously the other prequel 3D conversions or basically any of the other 3D conversions that Lucas might have done. But like well, there is has, a footnote to there is a footnote to episode two and three that I don't know if that's where you're going with this. No, I'm trying to still figure out because like one of the biggest like, I've always wanted to see it was the IMAX cut. Of, of Attack of the Clones, and Look. I know, and I know Lucasfilm still has it somewhere. That but is the it. Fi- okay. But the thing that makes me mad is that in this fascinating facts book, who, which was the author, is our favorite Star Wars uh, canon person, Pablo Hidalgo. They talk about the fact that there's the alternate cut. It ends like, will fans ever see this edition? Who knows? And it like, and it like has a little like middle finger emoji afterwards. And I'm like, what? No, why? it doesn't. It was a joke, but thank you. Okay. But the- <laughs> okay. I wouldn't be. Hey, with Pablo, would you be? I don't know. Like on his Twitter, you might see something like that. But, but like, um. But like, that's the thing, though, is that like, why not like make that a Disney Plus thing? Like, there's, like I know. Alternate- I'll tell you. I'll, I'll I'll line it up. I don't want it. I'll line it up for you right now. Why? It's an okay. alternate cut. That the only difference is that it's missing scenes. So already, I don't care. And not only that, but like. So it all you got to think back to the production of episode two. And I love this word. We're taking this right into episode two. But like episode two is the first first Star Wars movie filmed completely digitally. And and uh, basically 
digital even when even if your camera cost the the a few hundred thousand dollars in 2002 the ceiling of the resolution was pretty low like it's mm-hmm. it, it was better than 1080p but it, but only because it was using anamorphic lenses to take full advantage of the sensors so that j- because it was 235 widescreen they weren't wasting sensor space just because it was wide but basically that movie had no business being projected on IMAX screens in the first place <laughs> because it is a postage stamp of resolution so and not only that but they were i believe they were actually cropping it so it would fit so in in fact even though it's IMAX you're actually losing a good chunk of the image you're cropping an already low resolution image and you're cutting out scenes it is the most worthless alternate cut of any star wars movie ever but as a okay that uh, you know what well okay i didn't expect that but thank you but still i, I missed notion, everything so perfect okay perfect but the point being is that like i think it's odd that they draw attention to it and they end like the little blurb with like will fans ever see it who knows it's just that, like well, here, here's a fun fact that he that they probably deliberately omitted in a book like that is that the 3D versions of episode two and three were screened at Star Wars Celebration and you could actually watch them in 3D for free if you're at the convention. Well, I know that that I've been aware of, but like I get with like 3D was like an experiment by the film industry that was like championed or really like it, like it happened. Everyone forgets like 3D was a thing before like Avatar. It was. I mean, Disney. Yeah, but that was like I don't I don't know about you guys, but like I certainly remember I am in in a in a theater environment. Avatar was maybe the second or third at most uh, the movie that I saw, paid to see in a theater in 3D. Sure, but like that was the film that kind of heralded 3D in. But like everybody also forgets that like Disney for years prior to that was doing Nightmare Before Christmas in 3D. Like starting, I want to say in 2006. Because they also, I think they did Meet the Robinsons in 3D, and they were doing stuff like that. But, like, the point I'm getting at, though, is just that, like, with when it comes to, like, it's it's the idea of, like, with 3D, 3D was an experiment, and it didn't work. And also, it was a way for theaters to, like, make more money. Well, it, it was, didn't work in the sense of the home adoption, but it's still a way theaters are making more money, theoretically, if they ever come back. Well, yeah, but, like, think about it. Even, like, think of, like, last December, like how many movies were presented in 3d i think about it like the last major like films i think about movies that came out last year that were like made for 3d were just like your giant tent poles and they weren't really designed like they were just it was just kind of tacked on including the movie giant tent pole well if if it's and if it's i believe i don't think any of the mcu movies were ever shot in 3d i think they were all post conversions which you shouldn't do that to yourself and sit through a post converted 3d movie you should do your research Post conversion can be fine if it's like anything else. If it's done right, it can be fine. I feel like, like I, I feel like doing it right would be such an undertaking that I don't believe for a minute that they're all doing it right at all. Because if you think about what how much work would actually be involved to produce a convincing effect that there that there aren't like three D glitches or confusions or you're not telling the person's eye that the depth is wrong on this or that thing, I I don't see how it can be done right besides being a massive undertaking well that's what it is though it's like anything else in life if, if you are going to do it it's going to take time and effort and money most importantly um but no this but again the point being is that like 
where I don't think anybody is crying foul that we don't have the 3D. We don't have like 3D versions of like the prequel trilogy. I think it's the idea that like you you do have an alternate cut of Star Wars out there that like much like the holiday special is sitting in a vault somewhere. It's the idea uh-huh. that like this thing was released to the public. It deserves to be reass- like reaccessed by people who do just want to compare. I, I mean, about there, but there, but there, but if okay, but like, don't go chasing the IMAX version of Episode Two when there's the, the when there's vaults of behind the scenes footage from all the movies that oh, have never sure. been released, deleted well, scenes from all the movies that have never been released. Star Wars detours that I need yeah. to see. There's okay. nothing to see. There's no. There's no there there when it comes to the IMAX episode two. Like it's just you've. It's just what you've seen, only less and lower resolution. <laughs> there's there's we have almost. There. There's almost entire films that uh, we haven't seen. I mean, there, there's a, a completely different version of Solo, and I'd say even Rogue One because I know both three. of those. Yeah, they, yeah, both of those yeah. went through so many changes. I I want to see some of that solo stuff that we didn't. Do. But I think, but I think the the point I'm like sure, like I'm I'm not denying that there's some gems out there that we would love to see. Again, the I would love to see the original shooting script to Rogue One, but it, I forget I'd like to see the original shooting script to all of the pretty much any what Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker. The point being that like none of those came to us in their original, like they weren't released and then pulled away to never be seen again. That's my issue. I do not. It's it's the same principle of the holiday special. I do not like something being put out there and then being retracted to be held like kind of like in the basement. Like, I don't like that. I I just like it's like, okay, you put it out once, then you can put it out again. Like it exists. Let it let it breathe. Even if you don't particularly care for it. Like I said, I don't care about the quality. I'm just curious what scenes were excised because we have. I thought that was known. I thought that was pretty well established. But um. We don't. We have just. We have people with like secondhand recollection being like, because nobody really thought about keeping records of that. Sort. Okay. Like, nobody. The, I, I, I got a question real quick. If I, if okay. I may. No. Uh, Russ, what did you think of the crate dragon? I figure at some point we need to get back to the <laughs> yeah, yeah, episode yeah, yeah. topic, but oh, the crate dragon itself. Uh, I think it looked. I didn't. Uh, I, the whole on sand thing just threw me off, but that's just because I played that Star Wars Galaxies game for so long, and I just know them as these giant dragons on land that we've been hearing about ever since Star Wars came out, just from seeing that that skeleton, that really scary skeleton in the desert. Halloween is over, but we could talk scary skeletons. I, I liked it. I liked how it. I don't. What? Why? Why was it under the sand though? Why? Why are they doing that? It's cool, man. Yeah, or right, like terrifying. All right, so yeah, like we're if we don't you create dragons, right? So like, there's there there's a, a lot of the stuff they showed in this episode go goes back quite a ways. There was this really uh cool cool book that came out in '95 called the Illustrated Star Wars Universe, where they had Ralph McQuarrie do a bunch of new new paintings to sort of it's almost like a, it's almost like written as a travel guide to like all the planets and seen in the original trilogy and a, f- a couple other ones that they thought would eventually make it into the prequels at that point. And there's this, there's this great stuff. There's this awesome painting of like a couple sand people, like basically doing exactly what you see in this episode where they're like just starting shit out in front of the cave entrance to a crate dragon, and like throwing rocks at it or whatever. And there's, and there's one coming out like barking at them and it's, and the liner notes are just like young sand people would like attack these things to like get, 
get prestige in their groups and all that and like try and kill them but the great dragon they're showing here is obviously a lot smaller looks a little more like a lizard like a bearded dragon or something that you the the, the kind of stuff you saw in star wars galaxies right and nice yeah. the old republic but but there was also there's in in even in legends going back before disney there was um there was two there's two kinds of crate dragons there's what they call a canyon crate dragon which is what you're talking about and what you see in that painting and then i there was a there was another a few a few comics and stuff referenced to one that they call the the greater crate dragon which i think i i sent uh zinger some pictures earlier but I, like there's I forwarded them to everyone's face yeah so the, there was this there was um there was this really cool star wars galaxies card from 2009 that showed basically the same crate dragon we see in this episode and a sand person standing on it <laughs> on its face after it's been killed holding the pearl that's very much like what you a see in this episode one, though, by the way. yeah but i'm mean, a little bit yeah but uh but the dragon looks very similar to what we see in this episode for like this sort of larger version of the species i'm not sure if it's shown tunneling through the ground or anything but it's but i i do get the like a lot of the sort of not my Star Wars guys will see this and be like, what did they do to my boy? They changed the crate dragon so much, but not really. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 if, but even if you just look at this early nineties, Ralph McQuarrie painting of what he's imagining a crate dragon as we don't, we're not really straying too far from it in this show. It's, it's like the, it's part of, it's part of the Tuscan Raiders culture to like go and deal with these things. And it's as a rite of passage and, and it's in the sort of the head and the way the horns are designed are still sort of very consistent. And it's it's sort of serving the same sort of purpose. I think the big thing that we can all agree on is like whatever C-3PO was walking past in A New Hope, it definitely wasn't any kind of great dragon. It was an infant one. Yeah. And I mean, we also well, I mean, the skull looks totally different. And as I'm sure they change I'm over sure, time, I'm sure I'm sure as, as one of you guys knows that. That uh, the crate dragon and a skeleton in a new hope is actually a recycled prop from an older Disney movie called I believe it's called One of Our Dinosaurs is Missing. And it's actually a, a prop Brontosaurus skeleton that they just bought and chucked out oh, in the wow. desert and left it there. So it's actually a herbivore dinosaur from Earth. So it's fine that it doesn't <laughs> look doesn't look like a a crate dragon, right? Because he's got them flat flat leaf munching teeth. It's not really it's it, you know whatever that thing was. I don't think you can say it was a crate dragon anymore <laughs> because we've seen something a lot more impressive. And we got the calls. We got like the uh, I don't know if mm -hmm. you guys ears kind of perked up when you heard the crate dragon calls. It sounded like uh, which call was it? It was sounded like a couple of different ones. Yeah, we've been through the many, many. We've cycled through them, but it it sounded uh, it sounded almost a lot like the original one. It was less whooping. It wasn't like that latest one we have now. So it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the episode three uh, feather feather lizard cry, <laughs> whatever that. I think one of the cuts has the episode three uh, parrot dinosaur noise in there, right? When Obi Wan yes. scares away the sand people, I think one of them has that one, but it it didn't sound like that. I, I was like at the at the end that it turned into a video game raid battle. I think I've already said this, but you had different like modes of it. Like you had it come out, then it burst out of the top, then it had a new attack once it burst out of the top. They were always trying to get its weak spot, and of course, the person with the most XP and the best armor went in and and totally you know stole the kill and got all the XP at the end. 
<laughs> yeah, it, it kind of reminded okay. me of like a Gears of War boss battle. It or did. Something. It, it yeah. did. It was pretty interesting. But uh, you know, the the aspect ratio change just so jarring. Oh my god. But, <laughs> I didn't even notice it, but now I'm gonna watch for it. It's gonna be one of those unse- things I can't unsee now that I know it's there. Much like I do appreciate that his gun made a miraculous return. It's been missing for numerous episodes. Oh, the rifle? Yeah. I don't think we've seen it for a while. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think it comes and goes. Yeah. Just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, man. I can never watch it. I can never watch A New Hope again. Seeing C3PO walk across the skeletons. Every time I look at it now, I'm like, man. Now, it's a fake, it's a one, fake Krayt dragon. Even funnier, you know, you can look up the trailer for uh, one of our dinosaurs is missing, and this Krayt dragon skeleton is key, is strongly featured in this trailer from the 60s. <laughs> so it's a little, it's, it's, um, it's one of the, it's one of those classic sort of like totally beside the point, a new hope Easter egg facts, but uh, it's just a brontosaurus or s- some other such, but who knows if they, maybe those sixties prop makers weren't super accurate when it came to <laughs> replicating a brontosaurus. I don't know. So um, I do want to bring this up real quick. Um, and Chris, I'm sorry, you might be out of the loop on this, but I feel, and Zach might, might, might agree with me here. I feel like this, this episode, the crate dragon was a metaphor for the current state of our country. <laughs> and so you're saying so and we've got two people trying to fight this we've got um two two old guards you've got uh which one's biden and which one's trump as far as mando and cop and, and which and which political party are the tuscan raiders oh man independent obviously <laughs> i have to admit i did like the part in this episode where we see the tuscan raider cleaning the bantha's teeth with a gaffy stick i kind of like we that. finally know what they're used for they're i liked when they uh I liked when they were they they showed the 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 Tuscans or the native Tatooiners. Apologies, um, the native Tatooiners. They they've got their little skeleton set up and they've got little rocks they're using. And for some reason, Cobb Vance like that's not to scale. And they're like fighting over if this little thing. They're like that's not the point. Okay, we needed humor in this. You you couldn't have a baby Yoda do something during that time. He was busy. I think they just I think they just know that Star Wars nerds like talking about scale, so they were like let's talk about let's mention the word scale in there and every star wars nerd will nod slowly watching this going scale yes <laughs> i've heard i've heard of scale yes i have also heard of scale kind of remind me of that what was it Sanger from seinfeld where they're doing like was it jerry and george doing the reenactment and they're like i'm i'm the this and then was it jerry picks up like the mr peanut or yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. the peanut I mean, he's like this is more like you yeah it, i think that was god what episode was that I forget. I, I know what you're talking about, but I cannot remember which episode. But yeah, it's where I I feel like that's like a cliche thing that's in a ton of things to where like they use props to describe it, but there's always like a reference that it's not to scale or that it's ridiculous that we set up this whole thing just to explain something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a cute moment. So I, I, I liked it. I, I liked having more from the Tuscan Raiders. I thought it was cool to see more from their culture. And I just, I'm still waiting for the moment where they're like, yeah, this, years back, this crazy guy came in and had a blue flaming sword and killed most of our people for no reason. Well, that, all we did was, all we did was uh, yeah, kidnap and, and, and responsible for the death of his mother. We got to see the dogs, though. That was another little prequel nod. Which, yeah, oh. Zinger, Attack of the Clones nod. <sighs> Yeah, and their huts were the same too. But uh, but you know, there is there is, and they traveled in a single file line. 
Yeah, you did see that too. But it it does bring up this sort of point where it's like, how much do you like? How much do we want to humanize these guys, <laughs> right? Because like the you, you, it doesn't it doesn't seem to me that you can just justify uh, abduction and torture for months on end. But how, um, how do you know that they were not trying to help her? She might have come down with some kind of I don't know weird space pathogen that they were trying to cure her of. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they crippled uh, a Lars guy, man. Come on. Well, you know, there's this, you know, Lee. what about Cleeg? Okay, so like, okay, so like Tuscan Tuscan Raider nonsense for for one minute. First of all, there's this awesome like this the it, this this whole thing. The Pearl sort of also sort of ties into a big chunk of Knights of the Old Republic, which yeah. is, I, I mean. I don't know. I, I think Zach, you've never you never played that, right? The two thousand three game. Okay, what, what like whatever you can say about it, it's a it's a it's a narrative where things matter to the actual story every step of the way, and it's, it has this fulfilling conclusion, and it's actually interesting the whole time. It has that going for it, but um, so the but the crate dragon pearl is something you 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 get when you you have to you have to get some some stuff that found its way into a crate dragon cave in Knights of the Old Republic. You can't, you find a way to trick the dragon by get it to walk on a bunch of grenades, not too different from what happened in this episode. <laughs> and, uh, and you get the pearl and you can either selfishly keep the pearl and use it in a lightsaber. Or I think you can trade it to the Tusken Raiders to like get, up some guy who they have imprisoned released or something like that so like it's they're they're really trying to remind you of of stuff that was like they i i think it's not wise to remind you of stuff that had like far more compelling narratives than the media they're ref <laughs> they're using to reference it but but that was cool and then you know the uh there's a lot of stuff that remind it, it was cool to sort of see um just the the continuity between like sort of how the camp looked and how, what we see in episode two is, is, is kind of fun. So it, it does a good job of sort of making it all sort of matter. I don't, I don't know if you guys noticed, I don't think we saw any of the uh, female Tusken Raiders as they were presented. Yeah, in I, episode I, two. Oh, oh, there's no way you're going to get those. No way. Disney is touching that. Uh-uh. Or the, Not or the children. Yeah. It'll just be a, a well, a you know what's in, what's interesting about that is I so post Disney purchase, I did uh I'm pretty sure this was post Disney uh um purchase. I visited uh the Star Wars Power of Costume exhibit when it was uh when it was in New York. I was working around there at the time and they did have that uh, the female Tuscan Raider costume on display with a plaque that got very deep into the design origins and how that quite literally reflected that cast's role in the Tusken Raider society. So, I mean, I don't know, like maybe it's cause it was a museum exhibit and it's a costume and it's a prop, but I don't know how, maybe I don't know how afraid they are to touch that kind of thing, but I think it's going to be this. It's not that they're going to like ignore its existence, but it's going to be like lay a slave bikini where it's like, it's there. We're not going to, we're not going to erase it. But we're never going to bring it forward. You know, there's never going to be another point in a Star Wars thing where you have any sort of crime lord with a woman like in like revealing outfit being held against her will. Like I don't think that's ever going to happen. It's going to be that same vein where it's like, nope, not touching it, not touching it. I think that's what they're. That's what it is. Because I thought that was interesting too. Because I'm like, oh, like we're getting the like we're seeing a bunch of this stuff. So I'm like, huh, this is interesting that we're leaving out though. Like we got the Tusken Raider dogs, but we didn't get to see anything else. And you can always explain it away being like, oh, it's 
like it's one of those weird times like i know like how they love like doing the thing where like oh like the female characters are just as empowered as the male characters yeah in this instance like nope it's solely the male tuscan raiders they they are 100 percent doing this and no women and children allowed well or 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 they're or they're very much like the first order where they make social progress at the exact same rate as the real world in which the movies are presented <laughs> something like that or we retroactively change the empire they they have been doing that, and, and I, I you know I think and and that doesn't bother me too much. Like I like go like uh, of course it's like you could make some assumption about the the version of the empire presented in the original trilogy. Wait, this is all just white men. Maybe it's because they're they're like actually racist or something, right? Like we, but that in universe explanation is like too much for these guys. So they can't, they can't go with that. Right. So they, they're sort of retconning that in things like squadrons, which that's fine. But like, it's, Oh man, I could, I like, I don't want to go on a squadrons tangent too hard here, but like when you have characters in the Imperial Navy who have like Mohawks and like spiky hair and they're not wearing yeah. the proper uniforms, like you gotta yeah. pull that back. Like, like, for like, of course do whatever you want with gender and ethnicity, but like they shouldn't be imperial officers shouldn't be trying to look cool <laughs> like stop yeah, that i, yeah, I, I don't know, know. I don't yeah. know. I, how long until they make a female uh, clone trooper they they retcon a female clone trooper how Who long is it gonna be who are they who are they who are they they clone sabine or something i don't know i'm just saying it's just one of those things where i'm surprised they have not tried to like why wasn't like, female why officers. They in bad batch oh this one got met it's chromosomes got messed up and well i think actually, oh my god <laughs> can you imagine oh, a tomorrow with breasts yeah bring it man so i can see that happening at clone wars or bad batch for sure but, i can um, see lucas doing that i can't see disney doing that oh no lucas they're gonna get so woke they're they're gonna go jurassic park where they, they the old clone strain is dying so they have put some uh yoda frog dna in it and then you've got <laughs> you've got all kind of then they're 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 uh, they're changing their genders as as necessary well i mean the thing they can they can sort of avoid the whole clone thing well, because so those guys had a pretty limited shelf produce? life well, I think one, clones do it, Disney. One of them has a kid in one of the Clone Wars episodes, right? I think he like wasn't well, it he, like a hybrid, like with like a Twi'lek, isn't it? Like yeah, I think, yeah. I think there's something like that where like they, they found one who like he lost his memory and he was like living on some planet. Yeah, I think he, I, he had a kid, but I can't remember what it looked like. <laughs> oh, they actually made a toy of the female Tuscan Raider. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, I have it. it. Yeah. 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 It, it came with the baby, too. It was great. Yeah, and there was another one that had the dog. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember the one with the dog as well. I think yeah. that was with the male one. It was the prequel era. Everything got a toy. The, the fire speeder pilot got a toy. I was I was looking for I was I was oh, eyeing yeah. up a uh, a prototype of that female Tuscan Raider toy for a long time there, but there's just something <laughs> distinctively uncool about modern Star Wars prototypes. So I, I avoided it because it was like 500 bucks or something and it was like blue. We still never got Clawface yet. Our favorite, our favorite vehicle from um, Rise of Skywalker, at least oh, from yes, the McDonald's commercial. Yes, yes, Clawface. I don't know what Clawface is. There was a McDonald's Happy Meal commercial for Rise of Skywalker, and it showed. Um, I guess it looked like an ATST, but it just had a giant shovel for a face. So it looked like a claw machine on top of it, and the kids looked at it with wonder and were so happy <laughs> I, to see this classic uh, vehicle back. Zach, I, I hate you for the fact that I want to make this reference. I think they're talked about in the novelization a little bit. No, well, no, well, yes, but also um, it's in the film. Like you can see it when Zori and Poe are on like, the rooftops. The you can, yeah, it's way in the background, but it's there. It counts. 
yeah, it got yeah, in. Yeah. It's stuck in. It's in one like like what like in like seventy frames, but it's there. Those kids probably lost their minds when they saw it in the theater. <laughs> they were so excited to see that thing. Uh, who wouldn't be excited? I think it's in the. Uh, it's even in the visual dictionary. It's that too. I think it's also in the visual dictionary. It's uh, it has it has like a completely like uh, a fold out. I think it's discussed like in our main episode. Yeah, I mean, I want to see the pilot of that thing. He's got probably the coolest looking first order guy. Like one of those helmets is completely opaque, can't see anything. <laughs> no, the, the helmet has a giant shovel on it too. <laughs> no, I, was, I was gonna say the, t- the I thought his helmet would be like a ticket dispenser. Like if some people <laughs> successfully claw something up, you, know, you can get some tickets. Or something. So, so j- j- just in the in the so like it, just because uh, maybe uh, just to get us sort of back on the track of of like if we're if we're thinking about where where this might be going i just i want uh, i want to know from like you guys it seems like they try they try to even though it was a sort of lucas era thing it seems like disney takes the canonical order of events from the clone wars pretty seriously right like they sort of finished it up that's it's canon right so that's where we if you take just the ending piece of episode two where where Boba Fett's holding his dad's helmet, and then you get what we did see of him in Clone Wars, where they really did start putting in the work to make him this sort of anti-hero, where we didn't want to hate him. There's this that cool episode where he like tries to he uses Django's helmet as a a bomb to like try and kill Mace Windu. That's that's fun. And so if we if we if you look at that, and then uh, he, he I think he gets arrested at the end of that one and gets ends up in jail and all this stuff. If you look at all that. Do you, how much do you think his sort of attitude t- towards the Jedi and like what they did to his dad? Like, do you think they're going to try and get into that, or do oh, they no, think no, no. you you missed the other part that a Jedi totally schooled his um oh yeah family show his ass yeah, yeah. on tattooing and then he got knocked into a pit by some blind guy using the Force allegedly. for sure. But I feel like that between yeah and they so and also, between. You need to fix that jetpack, considering that he did the exact same thing to launch him out of there. Would have just been funny if he got launched into another yeah. cockpit. Yeah, he got to take the manual controls off the back of it, where he couldn't reach it anyways. That's really a bad move. But um, uh, but like so, but do you think like is it? Is to... that a touch lamp? Hold on, what was you? Is is Boba Fett's jetpack a touch lamp? Yes, it is. It? Because you just tap that thing, you're out well, of Well, it's just like the Rise of Skywalker jetpacks, where if you shoot it, it will go crazy and cause the guy to blow up. <laughs> but um, but but uh, but, yeah, yeah, but but they fly now. But uh, if you but they you fly think, now. <laughs> but he's, I think two more of you have to say it. But um, they, 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 but like he's looking for Mandalorians to help him find Jedi. Boba Fett in canon has a very uh, entrenched opinion on Jedi. That has to come into play, right? Like, what do we th- <laughs> like? So where? Yeah, where... yeah. I, I I didn't I didn't thought of that, but yeah, I, I don't. It depends. Like, how, like, there's so little we know about Boba Fett. So, like, I, I mean, like, that's concrete. So it would make sense that they would delve into that. Um, especially if Ahsoka's in this, I could see him and her having some sort of like just like animosity. Did Did she in the Clone Wars ever interact with him at all? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think they, they, any of their stories kind of like cross paths. So I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting considering that uh, it's 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 odd to think of a prequel character showing up this late in the game, like in Star Wars, like canon. 
Can say think about it, most Star Wars human characters like what live to the ripe old age of like fifty, and then they like kick the bucket. Mm-hmm. So like, how old is Boba Fett by this? Because like he's technically born. What he's ten by the events of Attack of the Clone, or am I? A clone well, he's, I... he's how like he's how think about think about it this way. Baby Yoda, ba- ba- Baby Yoda's the same age as Anakin. Baby Yoda's fifty, and Anakin died in like his early forties. Boba Fett's like four years older, four years younger than Anakin. So he's like he's basically much younger than the actor Chimura Morrison is playing him by like ten years or so. Something so, like that, right? Because wait, that would because no, but but my question is that like, what the te- the clone army was order was put in ten years before Attack of the Clones, which is the exact same time frame of the Phantom Menace. So Boba Fett was born during like the Battle of Naboo and the whole like Trade Federation like blockade. So like he's technically one of the few characters that has like lived the entire quote unquote Skywalker saga up until. Wherever we well, are now, six yeah, but, years post Jedi. Yeah, but he's not that old though. Like, if you look, even when we see our t- titular character in the Clone Wars, he's he. What's he like? Six years younger than Boba Fett. If he's if you have this b- battle with super battle droids and he's a kid, you know, what I mean, he's not much older than the main character here, really. Well, he's again like he's ten in Attack of the Clones, so he'd be th- what ten to thirteen during the events of the Clone Wars. So then Can you add ha- thirty years to get to A New Hope, and then nine more. Right. Well, well wait. Because it's nineteen ages you like. So he's if he's if he's born at the same time as Episode One, thirty years to A New Hope, and then nine years to this. Right? Is it? Is it there? No. Because wait, it's ten. Okay, ten years to Attack of the Clones, three for the Clone Wars, then nineteen until A New Hope. So he's thirty-two by the events of A New Hope, and then what? Empire is what it's six just... months to a year. Well, no, wait, wait. This is this three is years. taking place nine. So where he is now is nine years after A New Hope. So he's like, ba- so he's in his, he should be in his early like 40, 40s. 40s. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. I look awesome compared to this dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he's, he's, he, didn't, he didn't spend years in the Sarlacc, right? So he's there it is. established that tattooing ages you rapidly. It's all that dry air. And, and, and who knows, man, I would, I would like it if they even he's put also something. A clone. Uh, yeah, well, he he. Well, they do explicitly state that he didn't have the advanced aging, whatever they did to the other clones. I think they right? knew what they were doing. Yeah, they, they was, had a ton was, of them come up wrong. One of them was apparently a female. It'd be fun, it'd be fun if they did say that, like that that somehow that kicked in or something. Then he started getting older faster. But I think it's enough to explain that he was in the Sarlacc for a while, and that <laughs> wasn't kind to him. <sighs> Yeah, it's gonna be fun to see them do the, like the mental gymnastics to explain Boba Fett and all this. Yeah, more so. It's, it's, honestly, yeah, now it's, it's more distracting than the Obi Wan factor to me, where I'm just like, okay, now I really have to think about this. But this is the most pressing question, Chris. How many years are we gonna have to wait for a new Boba Fett action figure based on his likeness in this series? Today, how many years? Right now it's available. Go get it. No, it's not. It, it takes. It takes You'll years. You know, people are listening to this. I've already time. seen customs already uh, done of both Cobb Vance and and this Boba Fett. One of them did have a, a bullseye head on it, so it didn't really. But from behind, it looked good. Yeah, Cobb Vance easy because it's just a crusty Boba Fett armor. With by the way, like he looked really dumb with that like big red shirt underneath. Like the armor looked totally ill fitting to me. I don't know. Oh, it looked, it, like, it, it looked I like that. Fast. I think that was the point though. Like I think it's intentionally yeah. meant to be ill fitting. I was waiting him. for him to take off the helmet and be some like little kid instead of a dreamboat. 
Yeah, because I guess he's like he's supposed to be fake and like somewhat incompetent and posing. I guess he's like sort of like a canon version of Johto cast where he's like pretending to be Boba Fett and like. But uh, Johto cast. Now, that's a name I've not heard in a while. Right. Wow. But, but that's basically what it is. Right. Like he's using the reputation, not explicitly Boba Fett, but the Mandalorian reputation to 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 sort of control people yeah. and get control of the town there. But um. But it's it's I think I think that you'll see that. I mean, if you're talking about how he looks at the end of this episode for that one shot, I don't know how long that's going to be the design, but that would take a while. You won't. I don't know if they'll even make that one these days because he's not he's not Boba Fett enough in that shot for them to sell. Oh, no, no. I'm not talking about like, uh, what was it? Not Obi-Wan like mythos statue. I just mean like when we eventually because, you know, at some point he's going to have to put the armor back on and it's going to be like the it's going to be. Oh yeah! Oh, they have to. It's giving well, me the cast- thing about that is that they have half the design already in the computer. Well, exactly. It's gonna be like the Captain America picking up Thor's hammer. They have to have it, like Boba Fett putting on the armor. Oh, I was oh, thinking God, like oh, Game of here. Thrones. He's like he's like Robert Baratheon. He's like get the breastplate stretcher, like because he had to. <laughs> I'm, but I'm gonna predict that it's gonna that he doesn't because I can't stand that he's just sitting out there watching that town with this guy who's had his armor for like what months to years at this point so i'm gonna think that he's basically he's you know he's now he's like uh he's trying to be like um like like jenner uh, like generoso's dad where he's just trying to be a simple man and stay away from the all the action and he's gonna and mando's gonna try and pull him back into it because he doesn't want it anymore and i think that's what's gonna make it powerful when he puts the armor back on to help yeah, or, like broken maybe or just he never comes back again like yeah. i want to have happen Oh, that's Let the myth thinking. die. I How think interesting would that be? New myths that are shinier and have more Beskar on them. What was that, Chris? Oh, I just uh, that would be that would be super subversion of expectations. If the first scene in this next one, they talk to him briefly, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm not really into it. I'm out." That's it. <laughs> and then ten minutes later, we get Ahsoka and Captain Rex, and he's like, "Well, you look like that other, you know." Okay, here's another question. What's Captain Rex going to look like in this? How are they going to visually differentiate Captain Rex versus they don't. Boba Fett? Oh, no. What wait, do you he mean? Beard, doesn't he? Like, let <laughs> scars. I think he won't be able to start up and probably have hair. Yeah. yeah. Sarlax scars. Scarlax, yes. But didn't, didn't we already say that obviously Rex has the advanced aging? So he's going to have a white beard. And, yeah, he's uh, the old guy no from Return of the Jedi. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, too, like, are we going to get, like, live-action Captain Rex clone armor? Are we going to get the blue, like, the white and blue helmet? Like, the Phase 2, like, are we going to... Catch up, Grandpa. Rebels? Like, that's, uh, okay, that's my... That's why I'm, I'm not... Okay, yes, part of it is the physical appearance of the actor. Sure, I'm not going to deny that. But, I mean, like, are we going to get Phase 2 clone trooper armor? Like, are we going to get that Rex? Or well, the fun, like Endor, so. like Endor guy, the, like the fun. The fun thing about that would be that it would be the first, uh, actually made for on-screen <laughs> clone armor because it was all CGI in the prequels, yeah. right? But yeah. um, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think they'll maybe have a couple pieces of it. But I can't remember how. Uh, I think they showed Rex in at the last episode of Rebels sometime after the Battle of Endor, right? Like briefly. So like I don't know if he's like so he should really still be in the mix quite strongly if Ahsoka's showing up. So but wasn't he with those guys in a in a tank, a crew of them together, right? What? Uh, I don't I don't remember the last episode too well. 
I, I, I saw it like well, maybe you're, you're once. You're thinking of that one movie with Shia LaBeouf, and you're confusing Shia LaBeouf for Rex again. Yeah. And it happens. <laughs> okay, but I guess the thing is that, like, how, I guess, obviously, how they get Ahsoka into this is that he's going to have to go to Mandalore at some point because her history now. Oh my I think gosh, because... why are you so obsessed with going to Mandalore? No, because it would make. No, it's not. By accident. No. The point being is that. Just a flesh. Like, Ahsoka, it's fine. Ah, Ahsoka's history with Mandalore is obviously going to be the thing that drags her into this, right? Or, you know, the fact that she's force sensitive and maybe he's like, I sensed out the child. I don't know why. There, so I think you're right in the sense that it's what we, like basically there there was there's some comments by uh, John Carlo Esposito that kind of I think sort of he might have out of spoken out of turn in terms of he made some comment being like season two is interesting, but where it really gets interesting is season three and four. He said some tweet or some interview like that. So that a couple, that tells me a couple things. It's like, I don't know why he'd care about that. If his character wasn't around for it. And, yeah. and uh, so he's got the dark saber. The last time we see the dark saber is uh, Bo-Katan has it, who is probably going to show up. So there's definitely, and they're really playing hard on the empire's assault on Mandalore. So there's going to be some, conclusion that involves the cultural remnants of mandalore reclaiming that and sort of reforging their identity on mandalore or a new planet or something like that and eventually defeating uh what's uh what's the moff gideon yeah so like they're gonna somehow reclaim that and that i feel like that's where it's going in the long run it's just how how long is it going to take to get there and is that the ultimate arc of the whole series or is that like just something they're going to deal with along the way, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like okay. Here's another million dollar question: Are are because I know like in the very very little marketing materials we got for this, like we've seen a couple of X wings. How much New Republic are we to get into this? Like, like after a while, like I know, like I haven't played Squadrons yet, so I have no idea how much of that delves into this. And I know this hardly at all. What New Republic? Yeah, like I, I I played through the campaign for Squadrons. Uh, di- didn't care for it. All caps. Didn't really elaborate. <laughs> didn't really elaborate on the story in any interesting way. It's a very small faction of rebels and Imperials that you're dealing with. No one dies the whole time. Not even one of the Imperial characters. It's very very fluffy story. That's just a means of giving you interesting missions like the missions in the gameplay are fun but the story did absolutely nothing for me and it was like all filler okay it didn't really elaborate on anything interesting Hera shows up just to like say a couple lines on a as a hologram it's not it doesn't tell you anything much about the state of the galaxy really but that's the thing though is like that takes place between Endor and Jakku so, but like this is years after that, though. That's the thing I find interesting is that like and it's also weird how like not to bring Rise of Skywalker into this, but like it, num- but numerous times in the Rise of Skywalker, they're like, oh, like when the the war ended at Endor, and it's like, no, it's like the war ended at Jakku. It's like, like I don't know. Like, well, I, just- I mean, it depends. It depends, right? Like, did World War Two end the moment Hitler blew up, or did it, or do we still talk about? Those those the some some people on some Japanese people on islands who didn't know the war ended. And those are some interesting stories over there. Right. So 
So it's like I could see I could see you making a compelling argument for both senses because like people know who the knew who the emperor was and it's known that that's when he died. That's one one thing I did really like here was like these guys watching the second Death Star blow up on the news like that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was like there's your C-SPAN moment like they some some guy had a rear view camera as they were flying away from that thing and it might have been the fall based on the angle and uh, they were playing that back. And it was just take it went viral like, because they they remembered to turn on their uh, insurance camera on the back of the fall. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, no, Wedge's R2 unit. He just was filming like he's like, all right, I'm already on my way out. Uh, let's get the selfie stick time out. Right. And it looked I think it's pretty much just the shot from the movie. Right. Like the yep. angle looked pretty yeah. much the same. Yeah. But that was that was uh, kind of fun. Fun fact, the basic at the bottom that's reading out is actually if you translate it, it's just the opening crawl from um Return of the Jedi. Oh, really? Yeah. How about you that? Don't know your basic. I do not know my basic. <laughs> you mean our bash, right? That's where you should. That too. That too. Yeah. What did I say? I I obviously said that. But I guess place. basic. I guess basic is our bash and our bash. Where is our bash? Just the alphabet. Come on. <laughs> All right, I'm. I'm gonna. We need to move on. We need to move leave on. Leave that quick. there. Yep. Uh, okay. So let's find out. We're talking about this. Oh, jeez. All right. Anything else about this episode that anybody wants to highlight or? I'm trajectory? excited. I'm just happy to have Star Wars. I, that's. I'm kind of at this point. The bar is set so low. I'm just happy to. I'm just happy to have new Star Wars content. And Zach, you gotta appreciate like the reset factor of this show. That you know that next week. You're good. It's going to be a different adventure going along the same path, but they're not going to, it's not going to rehash too much. I don't know. Last things that Zach hates. I I just hope we, again, this show has a weird knack for making me like, I I get able to make like, I'm like, okay, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. And it just does like a hard left turn into like make me angryville. And I'm like, it just sets me back like 10, 15 minutes until like, okay, I'm getting back and it does something stupid. Um, I just, again, I just want Star Wars content that's compelling. I That's all I want. And, and it's l- the least amount of Baby Yoda as humanly possible. Bring the two scout troopers back that like, like to punch him in the, in the backpack. I want that. Bring the, Get hey. them their own show. I'd be on board. They're making, a toy, they're making toys of them. I'm going to buy that toy. Yeah. Okay. I'll say one thing. I didn't. I didn't realize one of my least favorite actors was uh, a cameo in this playing that... What was his name? Borgalette or something? Um, uh, well, that yeah, I saw his name in the credits, and I was like, Gore where, where, where was Luigi? Yeah. Yes. So John Leguizamo was yes. Gore Koresh, the the weaselly guy, and and, that, and it kind of made sense later the way he kind of waddled out of there. He reminded me of the character from the Spawn movie when he was the the, the little sidekick man or whatever. Yeah, no, and that was and how his like how his hair was like all his comb over was like flying off when when he was upside down. That was pretty great too, but uh, but but yeah, I, I, I had no clue that was him until I looked it up after I saw his name like right near the start of the credits, and that was surprising. What do you think of the Gamorian like fight? It's cool they to see vibro axes, live action vibro axes. It's always something that seems very video gamerish. I'm like, why can't they just be axes? What is the vibro factor? But we've seen more of that in the newer stuff and blue glowy things. I thought they look cool. Yeah, yeah, it's like just so you guys know, that's what those axes could have done the whole time in Return of the Jedi. But the conflict just never escalated to the point where they needed to turn those on. That's all it was. <laughs> those things are awful at fighting. 
I'm surprised that wasn't a special edition change. Some like blue shockwaves from the 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 uh, the sticks of the skiff oh, cards. Don't give them, Jane. No. Yeah, he has a lot Why more purple shields ideas? and stuff Stop too. Giving them bad ideas. I don't think they're allowed to change those ever again, or we would have had the uh, theatrical cuts by now because they they know there's demand. I told I, I read again. We've gone through this numerous times. I think all it's going to take is I think Lucas has to die. I think that's that'll be the the Jesus. fun. Why? Why? Because he's the Lucas one has to die for me to do the <laughs> No, why? He, well, he's again. It's like kind of what happened to Sean Connery. It's like eventually you have to go to the Too giant uh, movie movie studio lot in the sky. Let, and then, listen, like, you don't. You, you, all you have to do is be be slightly willing to live on the dubious legal edge to experience those movies in beautiful 4K in their original theatrical version. If it means that much to you, you can find them and. And it and and I like and but I'll, and I'll be honest, like I'm not going back. Like uh, I'm I'm happy with those. Like it's worth watching them that way. They're available. But um, but I think they there's some contractual stipulation that they can't do anything. I don't um, I don't know if Lucas would have had that written up in a way where he actually has to be dead or like if that, there's somehow a way they can then get around it. Well, I I I think again, I'm not a lawyer. I do not have this 100 percent like. I don't have this 100% like, but my understanding of this going back forever is that it's a DGA rule. You cannot change a director's film without their permission. But what happened was, was that even though Lucas was a producer on Empire and Jedi, every time he made a change to both of those films, he A, had to get Irving Kirshner to sign off on them. And by signing off, what he did was he wrote him, he wrote Irving Kirshner a check. And for Richard Barquan, he wrote a check to his estate, and that's why he was able to change those movies, was that he was able to get the director's permission. And obviously, Kirshner and Marquand's estate didn't care as long as the check cleared. The issue is that well, money Kirshner doesn't... was probably alive, but yeah, he was he didn't die that long ago. No, he didn't. That's the thing, though. He wasn't going to tell Lucas what he couldn't couldn't do with the movie. And so, but the problem is that there's no amount of money that Lucas would ever sit there agree to that to, that we do that. It became an issue of just he was. It's like when he wore the Han shot first T-shirt on the set of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's like he could have released Beautiful. those movies at any time. He's just, it's being obstinate for the sake of being obstinate. It's like, why do we need McClunky? It's just there. It's it's there as a way to spite the fans. But like getting to the point. Oh, of, I don't, he, that's not there to spite the fans. No, 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 I think, everything, everything since 95 is this. Okay, excuse me. Well, think about it. Boba Fett died to spite the fans in Return listen, of the Jedi. Listen, there's a whole lot of talk about the special editions being terrible. I I associate with with old Star Wars fans who are the not my Star Wars crowd. Okay, like I know tons of them in their forties and fifties who these should be those guys, right? They haven't seen the original theatrical version of these films besides a VHS maybe fifteen years ago. They think that's what they want, but they actually have no clue what they're talking about. Like they, it, 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 it's, it's almost like an audience that's an, it, it's a group of people that's almost, it's like they have that opinion, but they don't actually know what they're saying. It's, it's like. What do you mean by that though? Like, so what I are mean, they watching? That, I mean, they can't, art- I mean, they either haven't watched it in ages or just, or just default to whatever copy they have, but that don't, but most of these guys don't actually know what all the differences are between all the cuts. They just assume that the special editions are stupid in the same way that they assume that 
the episode one is stupid. No, episode two is the worst. Right, but the but we're, I'm talking about the not my Star Wars crowd. That's like five to fifteen years older than you. They all just blanketly believe they Everyone still like. I still get that. Turns and looks at Russ. <laughs> no, he's, not that old. he's under the wire. He's under the <laughs> wire. But uh, but but they still they still believe that the prequels were are the worst thing that ever happened to the to the series, right? Like I I know these people, and it's like you I couldn't if I tried to articulate to them the differences between the theatrical cut and the, the special editions, their eyes would glaze over in the first ten minutes. Like that's just not who. <laughs> I'm surprised you get that far. <laughs> they they went. You know what I mean? So like I think there's a lot of. Like there, it's a very slim population of people who actually would watch that theatrical cut and notice every beat that's different, and actually appreciate it. You know what I mean? So I don't, th- I, I don't think it's as much of a priority as, 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 uh, as people want it to be. Because what is it? It's just a ton of work to restore it properly and spend the money, and, and what is the the ultimate difference at the end of the day? We're talking about three minutes difference of stuff probably in each movie but there's also like he also there's also editing changes too it's not just simply effects and just like additional scenes oh yeah i know i i noticed them because i watched i watched a new hope and jedi recently and you do just little pacing things here and there there's a lot of stuff but but uh but at the same time like it's uh, we're talking about cuts that at the the new cuts at this point are over 20 years old so At, at, it's what is the movie, right? You know what I mean? Like the movie, when you talk about the movie, if we're saying the original theatrical cut is the movie, we're talking about something that people saw in theaters for over like over 40 years ago for a, a hot minute, right? It's almost like, is that the movie anymore? I don't know. But uh, it's, but uh, but it's, like I said, these guys who saw it in theaters as kids, like they're not going to tell me the difference between the theatrical cut and what they have on Disney Plus. Besides the Ronto and the Jawas swinging around, they that's beyond that and Jabba the Hutt. I'm not sure they are aware of the differences, so I don't think it's a huge priority. But um, but 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 they like I. I, I don't think the I don't think that the minute Lucas dies, we're going to see that stuff come out. No, I, I don't think so either. But I think that's going to be the catalyst for it. I think that opens the door. Because remember, like there was the J.J. Abrams quote from an interview he did during the Rise of Skywalker press tour, where he said, like, and he was very candid about this. It was shocking for J.J. and he's like, I inquired about this and I found the answer very unsatisfactory. Right. And I'm like, that's and and that's very like this is never that open. Right, but this is coming from a guy who's real basic, thinks the prequels suck, and he also met with George Lucas and said, you know what, actually, forget this guy's outline for this trilogy. So, like, that's the that's the perspective that's coming from, right? So I don't think okay, this is this is maybe a topic for another day, but from hopefully. what I've read is that like there was a lot from Lucas. I think the only thing they really like they changed a lot, of course, because. Again, I would love to see these shooting scripts for The Force Awakens and The Rise of Skywalker. But, like, based on what everything that they've slowly kind of leaked out, and maybe this is some sort of weird, like, covert version of damage control for the sequel trilogy, is that, like, Lucas was always going to have the... (laughs) Was that the the story that they're saying is that it was always going to be a young female protagonist treating, like, finding Luke Skywalker via Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now. Okay, that's window dressing. What's is that the actual, window dressing? What, that is window dressing. We have the, the the gender and age of the protagonist is window dressing. What's the core of the story? The core of the narrative? What happened was. A-
show of bad mistakes where they flip flop back and forth with story and directors didn't make up their mind this and that. So I don't, I don't, I don't. That's window dressing that they're like, oh, see, Lucas had Luke being a hermit on island too. It's like two or three facts here. Or there. Bottom line is they tossed out his treatments and he doesn't like how the movies turn out. Okay, I, I got something real quick, if I may. So, Russ, what did you think of the blue milk being at the bar? Why are they drinking Why milk at the bar? Right? Milk at a bar, yeah, exactly. I want, I want some straight 90 myself. proof out of an IG-11 or 88 head. I mean, <laughs> Coming to your locust galaxy, local galaxy edge cantina. Unless it's just that shrimp shrimp beer that showed up in Chapter 4, because it seems like... In it, was, it was, it was a That was. <laughs> he did say, give me two two fingers of spotchka, and that okay. is the stuff that they were making in Shrimp Town. Well, that's, oh, you know... So, so more member berries, even from its own show. That's what I'm that's the one thing I don't like about this is because and it's almost like the budget and scale of the production are leaking into the the story because you see you see background characters appearing on different planets that look the exact same. <laughs> he called the bartender his he called him Weakway. He's like, "Hey, Weakway, give me that." I was like, "Isn't that their like race? Like, yeah, there, like 10 kind of... people in this town? He could have learned this guy's name." He's uh, also known uh, him for years. That was the bartender when the Marauders were there numerous years ago. It's like it's like yeah, he nodded to him. Whatever. Shrimp Call me way. weak way. Sailor of the Sands. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and Oz, Oz, and he went after his big white whale. Hmm. So there it is. Okay. Um, we're, we are closing in on two hours, so I'm going to put this uh, mess to bed for the time being. I was being. trying to with the blue milk, but it obviously I know. did I not know. work. I and, and I, but I do, but I, I do like the fact that you don't you don't enforce a strict rigid structure to this because it allows these kind of side tangents to happen and i think and and i let me assume the position of the audience of knights of vader at this point where i think oh, a lot yeah. of them are just going to be happy to have for that this went all over the place because it's been a while <laughs> i know this this podcast loves to go on tangents and zig and zag Oh, we I, right. yeah, I've been I've, I've been under this despotic oh, wow. rule of uh of, of of Baby Yoda's escape pod, but yeah, this was great. We just went all over the place. Oh, just waiting for the next seven episodes, everybody. You buckle in. Can you imagine well, all the places this place make? I'm trying to think. What's I'm still trying to think. What's the thing from season one that made me the angriest? I thought it was the uh, the Bill Burr one, but it could have been. Um, no, Ar Army of Not Boba Fett. The Army of Not Boba Fett really made me angry. That's why I just called. Oh, that was so fun. I think that's why I gave up on the show. I'm like, okay, this show just doesn't care about Star Wars. They keep re-releasing that. Okay. I keep seeing that. It's funny. I have all like, you know what Star Wars toy that's new that I keep seeing? I guess it's a Best Buy exclusive. I could be wrong, but it's the Favrelorian, but like, it's in like weird, like the concept art, like color shading. Right. Mm. That's the only new toy I keep seeing regularly. Like every and Best Buy I go to, I see it. Well, yeah, it's, it's, an it's, an, it's a it's new a repaint. Yeah, it's a, it's a new exclusive to Best Buy. That's why you're seeing it. It's because they Best Buy is the only place that has it. Yeah, because again, I never got, I never found the six-inch Cara Doom. That never got re-released. Yeah, I never saw that either. But I got the, I the want three it. and three-quarter one. Yeah, I All never right. got the three and three-quarter one either. Okay, yes. All right. So yeah. concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out the Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader into Facebook, and chances are everyone but me will be waiting for you, unless Chris makes some sort of snarky comment. Um, shoot us an email. Gus, I love you. I'm sorry for never responding to your emails. KOVpodcast at gmail.com. 
If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. And come hear me on the Cinemodies podcast, which it's weird that, like, when I made the little blurb last week saying that the podcast was coming back, everyone's like, oh, man, Zach's back. And my Rob's comment was, but, but Zach's been on Cinemodies for over a month now, and nobody was even aware of it. Goes to show I that there is about not, it. You did post about it, but there's clearly very little overlap between it and the Venn yeah, diagram we knew. between I, Knights I of Vader the and Cinemodies. There's a like different the th- there's like a slight sliver in between those two. That's it. There's a little little sliver. Um, but yes, uh, come here. Fans Vember, fans Vember, fans Giving begins on Cinemodies, and come hear us, Rob and I, and uh, the Ben Deucer Ben talk about Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. The gay one. Alrighty, folks, but when you're not on this podcast going off on tangents, where can people find you? Which one of us was that aimed at? Zanger. There's there's a goddamn order. It goes in seniority. It goes from Zanger to Ross to Chris. Okay, I was making sure. I'm like, I feel like this is me. Come on, I know my place. That's why I didn't even bother asking if it was me. (laughs) Russ is the middle child here. I've been usurped in the like interim, but um, no, you you can you can find me on Zygmunt yelling about whatever pop culture nerd topic we have for that week, and you can also find me owning the Barbie R two D two, which I just got today as a Christmas gift for Ellie. Why am I saying it out loud on here? Because I know she's not going to listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) So I am safe in the knowledge that saying it out loud means I'm good. Or I could be listening to The Princess Diaries, the Carrie Fisher book, where she narrates about how she fell in love with Han Solo. I mean, Harrison Ford. Oh Well, uh, if, if you're going to go right to me, yeah, uh, you can check out my show, The Unbelievers Podcast, or catch me on Baby Yoda's Escape Pod. And that's it. Thanks See for having guys. me back. I'm glad we're back. Glad to have you back, Ross. It was a, it was a, I had a great time hanging out with you guys. It was full of tangents. Uh, you can find me at the Chris Partius on Instagram. I do some photography over there, and hopefully, uh, this evening's level of of tangent injection doesn't get me barred from future podcasts where I'll continue to derail it to the best of my abilities. One, six best uh, collector in Canada, everyone. <laughs> His stock is falling. Oh no! <laughs> Alrighty, everybody. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, may the force be with you.